everybody, I'm Jim Ford. I'm Dan Kurtzke. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 124. Yes, the number six issues. Yep. Very timely. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, we, I, we had stuff to do. Actually, I think the last number seven issue came out yesterday. I'm actually getting my DCBS box next week as we, we record. Actually, within like four days as we record this. Yeah, uh, and actually, what's what's no? Well, this isn't going to go up until after those comics come out anyway. Yeah. But uh, when I went to go pick up my comics, uh, my one of the comic shops that I go to, they had uh, accidentally put out the X Men versus Avengers number one. Oh yeah, yeah. You're telling me about that. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I've been I've been pretty much against Marvel, you know, since the three ninety nine increase. Um, like I think I haven't really bought much of anything. You know, I, you know what? I, I bought the uh, the death of Ultimate Superman, uh, uh, Ultimate Spider Man. <laughs> wow, Marvel will do anything. <laughs> <laughs> the the death and also the first issue of the next one. Um, and I thought the death was okay, but like I haven't even been motivated enough to uh, to read the first issue of the other series. I'm, I am interested. Like, once it comes out in the softcover trade, yeah. I do want to read at least the first arc of that new Miles Morales Ultimate Spider-Man. Like, honestly, like, the reason that I was interested in it at all was because of CGS. Yeah. They had that episode where they were, you know, reviewing the whole restart of the line. Yeah, they seemed to like it. Yeah. Oh, they, they loved most of it. Yeah. Plus, I love legacy characters, so this, it, it appeals to me that they're do, they, they tried this. Yeah. I love the costume, too. I mean, I think the costume is brilliant. I just haven't gotten around to reading it. But I think you probably would read a lot better in trade. Yeah. Um, well, it's Bendis, isn't it? I don't... I have no idea. Yeah, it probably is. But, yeah, it just goes to show uh, the people getting me most interested in Marvel Comics is CGS. But anyway, <laughs> nothing new about that. Um, but, yeah, so because of the price increase, I've been pretty much, you know, skipping and avoiding everything that they have. But uh, with this Marvel versus Avengers thing, first off, I mean, I was just kind of curious because it seemed like a pretty sketchy premise in the beginning uh, to begin with. So I was like, well, how are they going to milk this concept? But the thing that really got me was when you were telling me about the Infinite Comics offer. What What do you mean? <laughs> that that didn't happen. Well, what? No, when you, when you texted huh? me, you texted it to me. Oh, dude, yeah, 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 we did that. Yes, yeah, that's how I found out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they bought it. <laughs> yeah, what you call it? Like, to to find out that you buy the comic, and you go online and you get another free digital comic, plus, actually, I think with that one, you also get a digital comic of the X-Men vs. Avengers, Oh, cool. So you get you end up getting two you know digital comics, plus they also have the augmented reality concept going into it now, where dirt, certain panels will will have this uh, AR so that you you know you take this you get this app for your you know mobile phone or tablet or whatever, hold it up to the AR with your your camera, and it activates like different types of content and things like that. Like sometimes it's just a, a little animation. Sometimes it's the writer or artist talking about, you know, the page 
uh, or you know the pencils translating to the art, you know the the colored art. Um, but I mean, it just it seems like a very uh, interesting concept, and you know for them to sell that for three ninety nine, I think is an absolute value. Did you read the digital one yet? I have not. Well, I didn't read the, the, the digital one yet, and I haven't been able to use the AR because I got the comic a week ahead of schedule. Uh, okay. So, so you don't know if, like... Because I, I was curious if, like, the the Marvel Infinite thing was, was like, a straight-up Nova story because that's how it seemed to be billed, and I wasn't sure, like, what it actually ended up being. You know, I'm not sure, and the, the one thing that I'm a little leery on is uh how the marvel infinite you know comics is supposed to be geared towards you know mobile viewing um but the thing that has me a little weirded out is that okay well mobile viewing you know is very different between if you were looking at it on an ipad or a kindle fire compared to your cell phone yeah are you are you using your phone well most likely I would be using my phone, but if it's going to look like crap, then, you know, I'll borrow somebody's Kindle Fire to be able to read it on that at full screen or, you know, try and download a program to be able to view it on my computer. Yeah. I mean, this was, it was definitely a good time for them to do this, considering the new iPad just came out, like, a week beforehand or something. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I'm definitely, I want to hear what some people who actually tried this thing have to say about it, about, like, the interface and stuff. Because that's the one thing, that's my big thing about digital comics has always been that the technology and the the comic making have to kind of meet in the middle. And it's, at least on the surface, it sounds like Marvel's taken that step to try and tailor their, their uh, comic to the screen layout from... Inception. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't let me down, Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say that, you know, I, I actually really did enjoy the uh, the issue. Um, oh, the actual yeah, number the, one or number zero or whatever? Right. I mean, like, I've been out of Marvel Comics for a while, and, like, I I knew almost everybody that was in the issue. I've never, I'm not familiar with this character, the Protector, or something like that. Oh, that's, uh, do you know Marvel Boy? He's like a Cree or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's him. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not too familiar with him, but whatever. He's not very good. <laughs> I mean, aside from, like, that one little blip, I mean, like, you know, it was all very interesting. I thought they justified, you know, why they would go to battle very well. Um, and in actuality, like, the, the thing that they hope to accomplish, that one side hopes to accomplish... Um, I'm very intrigued by because it's it kind of seeks to undo something that I didn't really agree with previously. Now I don't want to give spoilers or anything like that, but um, I, I think if you if you've read it or if you you know will read it, uh, you'll understand what I'm saying. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I'm definitely I'm excited. You know, this is the first time I'm excited about a Marvel property in a while, and I'm definitely in for however many issues this this uh you know mini maxi series is. So you're gonna read AVX? Yes. Wow. 
Now, this is funny because, like, four months ago when they announced this, you had, I think, scathing things to say about it. I did. And now, and probably, I can't imagine you were positive about it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I was like, you know, this sounds kind of cool. I kind of want to see this. Mm-hmm. Flash forward to now, you're excited to read it, and I decided to skip it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like, honestly, it was... I think it was the extras that they, you know, offered that that really drew me into it. Because um, I I'm, I was very curious about, you know, how an infinite comic would play out. And I like, you know, I'd like to, you know, try out the idea of this uh, augmented reality. Um, and, you know, and for the comic, you know, it it is de- like the first issue, like not knowing the concept, it definitely has like an appeal like, before even reading it, you know, it's going to have that appeal, like, okay, this this could be, like, the biggest train wreck of all time. Yeah. So please let me see how it all starts out. But uh, they also had the Zero issue, which actually was supposed to go on sale this week. Um, but I, I skipped that. I said, you know what? It's a Marvel event. You know, typically speaking, you don't need to read any Zero issues or pre prequels or tie-ins or anything like that it's all pretty much right there yeah well, i'm surprised you you didn't uh go for it though because i forget because it's like it's like a scarlet witch story and i forget uh who draws it frank cho i want to say oh <laughs> now i may go back and get it yeah i tell you the the, uh, the john romita jr art <laughs> in uh abx was really nice that's good to hear I'm not, I haven't been a big fan of him in well since my college years, <laughs> since the middle of his amazing Spider-Man run. That's where he kind of fell off for me. Did you? Uh, would you? Did you ever check out his uh, stuff on the Eternals? No, I saw covers. I didn't really like them. I love that stuff. I thought it was terrific. I thought it was. I think. I think he has a style that is very reminiscent of uh, Kirby. Yeah, everybody says that, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. But, I mean, it, to me, it's in a way that modernizes enough that, you know, I think keeps it current. Yeah, I don't know. I feel, I feel like eventually there's going to be that one project that I just ha- I have to read. Yeah. And it'll just happen to be drawn by him, and then I'll just get immersed in it, and I'll come around on it. But, I don't know, it's getting started, you know? <laughs> That's the tricky part. Yeah. Uh, so. I mean, it's, speaking of AVX, like I'm not reading that, but I am reading some stuff that's going to be crossing into it. So we'll be able to have like a little AVX roundtable at the beginning of most episodes. <laughs> what uh, what are you reading? I am well, because you were talking about how like nothing Marvel has really been doing it for you for a while, and I think there is. It's, it's a short list, but there is a list of, like, Marvel books that I'm following right now that are really insanely good. Right. Uh, Daredevil. Mark Wade's Daredevil. Amazing book. Um, Wolverine and the X-Men, which surprised me. Like, I was in a comic shop for once, mm-hmm. and the fourth issue was on the shelf, and I'm like, oh, let me thumb through this. And it was... It's written by Jason Aaron, drawn by... Well, sometimes drawn by Nick Bradshaw, and I forget the name of the other guy, but I don't like him. <laughs> they, like, trade off arcs, 
Uh, I think it's it might be Bacello. Whatever. Like Wolverine the X Men number four is my favorite comic of last year. And it was just an issue. It's in the middle. It drops you in the middle. It's a downtime issue where nothing is happening. There's no context for anything. <laughs> it was my favorite issue. I like. I read that. I'm like, this is exactly what a Marvel comic should be like and look like. I love it. Like, I'm tempted to just buy up copies of it and give it to people for gifts. Like, it's it's, it's so amazingly good. And like, it's like I immediately and Jason Aaron. I don't think I've ever read anything he's written before. He is fantastic. Like, he has this, like, this great sense of humor and makes things just serious enough without losing the fun. It, it's it's crazy good. Um, is he the one doing the AVX? Uh, he's probably one of them. They have, like, four writers that are, they're going to cycle through. Oh. It's like four issues by Bendis, four issues by somebody else, four issues by some that kind of thing. Okay. Um, what else? Wolverine and the X-Men. Um, Secret Avengers. Okay. Which is uh, Rick Remender now. Okay. I read like the first two issues of his run. So good. Like it's got the the artwork is incredibly like moody. It really conveys what it needs to convey super well. And like his second issue did something horrible to a character I love. And I love that it happened, and I hope it sticks. Like, that's how much I'm enjoying this. Well, now I want to know who it is. Uh, Actually, tell me, and James, please beep it out. Oh, God, what happened? Um, he died. Oh. Unless they punk out in the next issue and say, oh, well, it looked like he died, but he didn't die. But no, I think they killed him. And it is the best death scene I have seen from any character in, like, a decade or more. It, like, like it was real. It meant something. It was completely character-driven. You felt for the guy. Even if this was your first exposure to this character ever, you would, like it would emotionally impact you that this specific person went out in this specific way. What are they up to, issue-wise? Um, 20-something? Let me... I forget the exact number. Like, but, like, that between, like, Double Shipping and whatever, that uh, Remender's run is only on its, like, third or fourth issue by now. It was so good. So good. And I've, I fall in and out of Avengers Academy, too, because that, that, that loses me and then becomes amazing and then loses me again and then becomes amazing again. Yeah, well, that's, that's like, similar to Avengers Initiative. Yeah, it's basically, it's basically the initiative, but it's more, like, it's more Avengers team-ish. Or it's, like, you've got your, like, your six or so main characters, and then there's, like, the extended class... Where it's basically every teenage superhero in the Marvel Universe that nobody else is using is there. Except they're actually getting to talk and do stuff for once. So it's like, it's got kind of a Justice League Unlimited kind of feel. Okay. You know, where like Justice League Unlimited like blatantly has this set of heroes that's the main characters, but everybody else gets to play too. Right. 
Yeah. And, uh... I th- there's one other that I really liked, I think, that I can't remember. New Scarlet Spider is pretty good. And, oh, Rob just loaned me the first five issues of Venom, also by Remender, where he's, like, the, the secret... Venom. Yeah, the one where he's, like, a Black Ops agent. Yeah. That is so good. That, that... Okay. I saw the, uh, what was it, the intro of that character and an issue... I actually picked up an issue of Spider-Man a while ago. And oh, I yeah, that, had that... That point one issue. Is that is that what it was? Maybe it was. No, 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 I definitely didn't pick up point one. It was, like, another Spider-Man thing, and, yeah, that was in it, and, uh, it, it seemed very, very cool, but, I mean, you know, it, it's... I don't. I don't even know which titles are two ninety nine and which are three ninety nine. Yeah. So I just kind of avoid them and mass. Yeah. Well, if you can find Venom in trade, like I've read the first five issues of Venom, I'm going to get this series in trade. <laughs> like I don't. And like it's one of those where like you know eventually it's got, the character is going to go back to the status quo and this interpretation is going to go away. I don't freaking care. I never gave a crap about Venom. Like, sorry, Chad, but I hate the symbionts. Okay? This is fantastic. Like, the art is, again, perfectly suited for the the stories they're telling. It's crazy good. It's like, like, I'm glad we're starting the episode with this, because (laughs) I feel like when, I feel like I mean, nobody's ever called us out on this before, so I don't know why I feel like this, but I feel like we have this, like, reputation of, like, bashing Marvel whenever we bring up Marvel, but, like, there's there's honestly a lot of good stuff coming out of them. It's just, they do stupid things a lot, and... <laughs> yeah, well, you know, my, my comic buying, when I first started, was, like, exclusively Marvel. So, I mean, I have a lot of history with Marvel. Like, the thing that got me into comic books were, were the Marvel Universe trading cards, that first uh, wave of trading cards from the Marvel Universe, they sold them at KB Toys. I started buying them, and, you know, I'm reading about Spider-Man and Cosmic Spider-Man and you yeah. know, Punisher and everybody else, and it's like, I gotta start reading these comics. So, I mean, yeah. like, I definitely have a lot of love for the characters. It's, you know, it's the company that is just, you know, yeah. turning me off. Those those Fleer cards that were like painted and everything. Well, they had. Well, those were much later. Oh, okay. I had a binder of those. <laughs> I have boxes of all that stuff. Yeah. But um. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm def. I like the Marvel characters. I think there are a lot of characters that I just absolutely love. Like She-Hulk, when She-Hulk was written by like John Byrne. Like, that was, like, one of my absolute favorite series. Yeah, that's how I felt about Dan Slott's She-Hulk. That I couldn't really get into. Really? Yeah. Oh, so especially, like, the first trades worth. Yeah, you know what it is? Like, I guess, you know, what I was looking for in a comic was different at the different points that they were being written. Yeah. So. But, uh... (sighs) Anyway... So Green Lantern, huh? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we'll just start off with Marvel talk. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um. Yeah. Let's go for Green Lantern number six first. All right. This is 
Written by Jeff Johns, art by Mike Choi. Credits page is somewhere. There it is. Um, blah, blah, blah. Alex Sinclair Colors. Sal Kiparino Letters. This is a weird font. I probably just got that last name wrong. Anyway, that's everybody. Cipriano. <laughs> I blame the font. <laughs> so, Hal and Carol are on their date, and, you know, they're out in the town just enjoying a normal, normal person day. And <laughs> then Hal takes a break to fight crime. Um... <laughs> uh, by way of, uh, you know, Carol excuses herself to the bathroom, and Hal finds, like, four guys that are going to try and kill this elderly mechanic for testifying against them for, I guess they stole a bunch of airplane parts and were selling them on the black market or something. And, you know, Hal has that little diversion before, like, going back with Carol and, you know, resuming normal civilian life. Uh, meanwhile, in space... Sinestro has gone to the planet Ogaro or whatever to track down this guy who, you know, right now he's kind of like a, he's a wreck. He's homeless. Well, no, he has a home, but he's kind of, he's like, he's kind of a bum. He lives, he eats out of garbage cans, whatever. He used to be this uh, superhero named Starstorm, who has some history with Sinestro, uh, who, you know, his whole deal is when he's wearing his magic space helmet he can he can uh, manipulate light he can see energy that kind of thing and Sinestro wants his help in tracking down Lissa Drax who you know, if you recall totally handed Sinestro and the other new guardians over to a to a Krona on a silver platter so Sinestro needs to track her down he wants vengeance he wants to take her off the board so he gets, he gets Starstorm, who I am going to call Starscream, whether I want to or not. <laughs> and he basically forces this guy who, who he had emotionally destroyed years ago, forces this guy to lead him to Lissa Drax, who, who you know attacks the two of them, and you know there's a scuffle. Sinestro tears a page out of the Book of the Black. <clears throat> which is which you know she's had all this time since uh, since what was this since Black as Night ended I guess since the war whatever you know, Scar had it no not Scar but yeah from uh, yeah she uh, yeah I guess she took it when after the War of the Green Lanterns at some point yeah yeah okay yeah because Scar put her in the book in Blackest Night and then Krona took her out of the book. <laughs> Before War of the Green Lanterns, and now she has the book. Okay, that's where we are. Alright. So there's a fight. Uh, Sinestro tears a page out of the book, just randomly. He gets this insane ice cream headache of a vision, which we'll go into detail in a moment. <laughs> um, you know, he kind of gives Starscream eh, the, the chance to kind of take his life back and, like, get over himself and become the hero he used to be. Which, you know, is a chance he pisses away, so Sinestro <laughs> blows up Lissa Drax. She's not dead, probably, but she's out there somewhere, and and uh, Sinestro flies off into space, 
realizing that, holy crap, I just saw some weird shit in my head. I need to get Hal Jordan. Meanwhile, Hal Jordan is enjoying being Hal Jordan until Sinestro shows up and forces him to be Green, to be Green Lantern again. Bum, bum, bum. Yep. Jim. Yes. Talk about the art. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, when I first when I first read this issue, uh, when it first came out, like I guess it was well over a month ago now. Um, oh, oh God! It was so bad. Um, look, Mike Choi. I you know I actually went through and I looked at some of his art. Um, that he's done prior to this. And he's done some, like, absolutely gorgeous covers. Um, so I know that he's not without talent. But you, when you first start reading this, like, I, I'm reading this, this comic. I, I'm opening through the first couple of pages, and I swear to God, I absolutely 100% honestly thought that this was, like, 16-year-old Hal and 16-year-old Carol going on a date, and it's like a flashback, and then, you know, it's not until, like, you know, you see, like, the missing Green Lantern ring where it's like, wait, what's going on? You know, it's like, when is this taking place? I have no idea what's going on. It's like, it's so confusing because the guy makes his Hal Jordan looks like he's, like, 16 or younger. Um... It's like it's like DC did DH him in the reboot. They just waited six months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, now, I mean, as far as the rest of the art, like, I'm not I'm not big on the way that he draws Sinestro's head. Um, gives him a tiny, tiny little head. <laughs> um, I mean, we've never seen this Starstorm guy before, so you know he could look like whatever. He, doesn't really look that great here. We get a page, you know, the page with Lissa Drac, um, like that one big splash page. Where she first shows up? Yeah. Yeah. That w- That's a great splash page. Um, that, that actually, I think, is, you know, really, really cool looking. Um, yeah. And credit to um, Alex Sinclair, the page where it's Lissa Drax getting blown out of the, the building. Mm-hmm. Like, that top shot where it's the explosion looks really nice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's all him. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I don't think you, like, really went into it too much. He ripped the helmet off of Starstorm and then detonated it. <laughs> yeah. That's what, you know, caused her to blow through a wall. Yeah. Well, yeah, people blow through walls all the time. But, uh, you know, later on when Hal, you know, shows up again... <laughs> He's got a little bit of stubble on his face, so you know he actually looks a little bit older. And then he puts and then he puts the ring on, or the ring goes on him, and he ages even further. <laughs> so he's got that Benjamin Button thing, but the wrong way. <laughs> super fast. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like looking at it now, like I mean, aside from the issues where he really just he draws Hal way too young. Um, which is a pretty big problem. Um, you know, you should know whether or not you're reading about a boy or a man. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. He's only on this issue, right? As far as I know, yeah. Okay. Um, it changes after that. And honestly, like, the, 
I don't know. Like, I feel like the inks are kind of like, you know, extra thin on this. I almost didn't notice the inks. Like, I almost, like, it's easy to go through and think, like, it was just colored on pencils. Mm. At least in some part. In, in, like, the extra, extra lit pages, I guess. Actually, I think, oh, there is no inker. Okay, so it's Mike Choi who did the pencils, <laughs> and I guess the ink, and then he also took part in some of the colors. Because it's Mike Choi with Alex Sinclair on colors. Yeah, it does a like they use they use blur a lot in here, but like rarely ever will it be an entire panel. It's just like like they use it to, for depth mostly, I guess, or sometimes to put an entire panel just out of focus. Yeah, um, the entire <laughs> fight scene there's like no backgrounds. With Sinestro? Oh, well. With uh, in the in the beginning. With, yeah. Uh, the other guys. Um, so I, I mean, like, I don't know, and even the backgrounds throughout the rest of the comic are, you know, for the most part, pretty slim. So, I mean, art-wise, I think this is, overall, not that great at all. It's pretty bad. Yeah, it was alright. It could have been worse, but... I, I mean, like, when you, when you take into account the fact that he can't draw an adult Hal Jordan... There's very little going on in the backgrounds. Um, Sinestro, Sinestro just looks wrong, um, honestly. And then, you know, the, the best that you can really say is, like, the Lissa Drax splash page. I mean, he drew Carol okay, and the one splash page with, you know, all the crazy stuff going on, um, I mean, that's a decent page. Even the way that he draws Sinestro, though, it's, it almost makes him look like a vampire. Yeah. yeah. Well, Hal, at the beginning, when he smiles, he's, like, even better, because he's going to fight four guys instead of two. He kind of has fangs right there, and it's, like, it's that vampire shot that you see in movies where they just bare their fangs as really close up on their mouths. Yeah. <clears throat> so. It's weird, though. Despite all this, I like this issue. Art-wise? Um. Despite yeah. the art? I mean, after a while, like, I didn't, I don't know, I, after a while, I almost didn't care anymore. Like, I got used to seeing it by the time I was, it was done, and I just, I liked what was going on. I mean, it bothered me more, like, little things, like, like, on page, like, on page two, where they do the thing where, like, Hal just lifts his hand up and looks at it without the ring, and just kind of, it's kind of like that that momentary, like, missing the ring moment. Yeah. I thought, like, I remembered this wrong. Because I remembered it as, you know, he lifts his arm to wave to Carol, but as she walks away, he kind of looks at his hand and then has that moment of, like, I miss my ring. Yeah. But that doesn't happen. He just randomly picks his hand up and looks at it. So I'm like, ah, oh, why didn't they do that? Well, okay. his, no, his hand was, was up. He's, you know... <laughs> The hand is up, he's giving a thumb, you know, to point back to the B-59, and then he closes his fist, you know, to say that I'm trying, and then she says, I know you are, and then, yeah, then his hand is just kind of hanging there. 
Yeah, but like, like once he <laughs> once he like puts his thumb down, his fist is in like the downward trajectory. So he had to like stop and lift it back up again, open. <laughs> it was like super awkward. Instead of just like putting his hand up, like, cause like I'll do that. Like when somebody's leaving, I'll like put my hand up to him, and be like, "Say, see ya," and like yeah. it's in front of me. So it would be super easy to just like have your eyes go there and then maybe bring it a little closer or something. But I don't know. It's it's little stuff like that. The thing that really bothered me, story-wise, was that, that, you know, again, like, this is, this, look, Hal Jordan hasn't been a Green, hasn't been an officially sanctioned Green Lantern for quite a long time now, for us. And this is the, what, the second issue where some time at all has been devoted to showing us that. And half of the Hal Jordan pages are blown on a fight scene. Just random fight. Like, it's not random fight scene. They're trying to hit home the whole, like, like he's living a normal life, but he can't quite shake the hero thing. Right. I guess. But And, uh, you know, that's that's a good point. That point's fine. But I feel like the whole thing with him looking at his hand sold that a lot more than this did. And, like, what they're talking about, like, like, all the cool, normal people stuff they did together, and I'm reading this, I'm like, I want to read about that, not this! Just show... Because, I mean, you know, I mean, look, how many superhero comics bounce back between, you know, okay, we show half the issue is, you know, Spider-Man as Spider-Man doing Spider-Man things, and the other half of it is Peter Parker trying to suss out his personal life. <laughs> well, you could do that here, except just split it between two guys. You know, you have... Sinestro doing all superhero stuff out in space, and then have Hal Jordan doing all regular person stuff on Earth. You know, the one thing that I don't think is quite as clear as you make it out to be, like, when he looks at his hand, yeah, the look on his face, like, you know, you're looking at it as like, oh, I miss my ring. Whereas it could be more to the effect it's like, oh, that's right. I don't have the obligation of that ring anymore. You know, like, it, the the art is kind of ambiguous on that. Kind of like a, uh, I've moved on, but this just reminded me of yeah. what I used to have kind of thing. Yeah, it's like, but, you know, what I have now is, you know, is actually pretty good. Yeah, but I, I feel like the fight scene he gets into immediately after that kind of goes against that point. Well... I think it's the kind of thing where, well, and then he, he, you know, says with, with Carol's, like, you know, don't you think you'll get bored down here? And he says, I think I'll manage. Yeah, where, but that, he, he also, he didn't tell her that he just broke up a supervillain fight. <laughs> right, but he, but you know that he's saying, I think I'll manage. You know, and then he's, right after that, he says, I don't need to be Green Lantern. It's like, it's almost like he's looking at his hand thinking, you know what, I don't need to be, you know, it's like, I, it's like, oh, wow, for once I don't have this, you know, nagging responsibility. But then, like, right after that, you know, he gets in a fist fight and he breaks it up on his own. So, you know, you have the thing where it's like, well, one thing, yeah, I, I don't need to be Green Lantern. I, you know, I don't need that responsibility. And then by the same token, it's like, but I still get to have the fun of breaking up these fights. You know, I still get to have that thrill and this time I'm doing it without the safety net of when I have the ring. I know. I think he 
he likes what he has with Carol. He appreciates his current situation for all the good that comes with it. But at the same time, he can't quite shake the need to be a part of that larger hero world. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of... Maybe if the art was better, we'd know. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh. Um, so, you touched on it before. Starscream, whatever. Is this guy completely new? Like, 100% this is his first appearance? Um, I'm pretty sure. Um, because, like, he's only ever had any interactions with uh, Sinestro when Sinestro had a yellow ring. Yeah, well, that that could be <laughs> anywhere from the Silver Age to now. Right, but with what they're, you know, what they're going with right now is that that's five years. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. So... Well, I mean, well, yeah, but you know, you know, that whole... Let's, let's not get into the whole, like, time, time-shifted entertainment thing. Yeah, well, even I'm, still, though, you know, like... Even if it's slightly more than that, if you look at the origin of Hal Jordan, which was roughly five years ago, you know, give or take, maybe it was seven, whatever. Um, we know that The Blackest Night was basically like, you know, a month ago or so. Whatever, I'm fine. You know, at this point, people have made such a big deal over the five-year thing. Like, I don't even care about it. They could tell me that brightest day ended an hour and a half ago i wouldn't care i'm like fine that works just tell me stories now i don't care um uh, they do show like i don't know what's if something's actually projecting this or not but they do show that uh, image of him punching sinestro in a sinestro core uniform yeah so i mean it would have to be like really recent then yeah and you know what i like a lot because if you think back to the span between Rebirth and uh, Sinestro War, we didn't see Sinestro at all between those two things, and like not even till the end of the war, basically. So he was out in space just doing his thing. So like, I like to think like, okay, you know what, Sinestro, he actually had like this other arch enemy in that time while Hal was doing his thing without Sinestro. Sinestro was out there doing Sinestro stuff. And he was fighting other people. I kind of like that. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, yeah, but, you know, that's a good point. It would actually have to have taken place in that tiny little time frame. Yeah, yeah, I just wasn't sure, like, did Jeff Johns pull this obscure Silver Age character into the present or something? Unless, um, (laughs) unless the art, you know, the, the script called for, you know, draw Sinestro in his old uniform. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, this guy, you know, ended up drawing Sinestro in his modern uniform. Yeah. Um, so, do you like Starscream? I'm not going to call him by his Star real name. Storm. Yeah, Starscream. No. <laughs> you don't like him? No, there's nothing to like about him. He's completely useless. He's completely well, given up on life. Well, it's a shame, because I'm telling you right now, we're going to see him again. Well, what you call it? According to Lissa Drack... Within a matter of days, he's going to end up killing himself, just like his oh. father did. Yeah, that was then. This is now. Because, I mean, look, how do they leave him? They leave, Sinestro gives him, basically gives him the chance to take his life back 
and, and he like completely he, throws it away. And like and the, but then as Sinestro leaves, what's he say to him? He says, "I've seen fen- I've seen men fall much farther into darkness and claw their way back up, but you, you're no how Jordan." Right. And then he leaves, and then this guy's yelling, yelling, like he he's screaming at Sinestro, "Tell me who he is. Who's Hal Jordan?" Like this guy wants to find Hal Jordan. Like this, he's gonna show up. And he has his helmet. It's still there. It didn't blow up. The helmet should have blown up. That didn't blow up. It totally should have blown up. Well, he's carrying it. He's carrying the shattered remains of his broken helmet. Yeah, just like he's the shattered remains of a broken man who's going to fix his helmet and come to Earth and find Hal Jordan. Because he wants to know how to claw his way back up, damn it. Yeah, but you... he is no Hal Jordan. Yeah, which is... Why he wants to find Hal Jordan. Listen, this can go in as many circles as you like. (laughs) (laughs) The fact remains that within eight months, we will see Starscream fight Hal Jordan. (laughs) I would be much happier, (laughs) like, (laughs) what you call it, seeing Sinestro come back to this planet to attend the funeral of Starstorm. (laughs) (laughs) Here he lies. Killed himself two days after Sinestro came back. God. Alright, so now that we've talked about absolutely everything else in the comic, <laughs> what do you think about, like, the splash page vision thingy? Okay, so... Why don't you tell, tell everybody what's on this. Okay, so first off, right up top, you have uh, the Guardians around a couple of uh, Green Lanterns. Um, actual n- notable ones, you, you got, uh, was it Tomar... Tomar Ray or Tomar 2? Tomar Ray alive? I'm not sure which is which. I think Tomar 2 is the son and he's alive. I don't remember anymore. Um, I always confuse that. Well, what, what they, are need the Tomars? To, they need to name their next Tomar something else. Well, like, actually, Frank. actually, it could be purposely vague because you also have what appears to be Kilowog, but yeah. technically it could be... Uh, the, uh, the predecessor. Um, Why would it be the predecessor to Kilowog? Well, this could be... These could be statues. These could uh, be statues in the Hall of Lanterns. That sucks. I don't like your idea. Well, I, I'm just... I'm throwing it out there, but... Um, Why do you think they're statues? Because I can't imagine them killing <laughs> Kilowog. Oh, you know. You could imagine them slaughtering the rest of the Green Lantern Corps, though. Well, not Kilowog. I'm not saying that. Look, I'm not saying Kilowog's gonna die in like in the com- in the story that actually happens. I'm also fairly confident they're not going to kill the other two characters that are blatantly dead in this image. Well, okay, so here we go. You have the Guardians up top, and uh, they're over Kilowog, one of the Tomars, and some other Green Lantern, and they're kind of like dissolving. And they're saying, the First Lantern will lead the Third Army, and the Third Army will replace the Green Lantern Corps. The others within the Chamber of Shadows will try to stop us. Then they will die, as will anyone who stands in our way. Uh, then you have an image of the Indigo tribe. You got, oh, is it uh, Indigo 1 and Monk, and Sinestro in an Indigo costume with the chains around his neck. Um and then you have uh, to the other side of Sinestro's head, because Sinestro's vampire face is in the center of this. 
<laughs> so he's getting all these visions. Um, to the other side, you have Black Hand um, standing over Hal Jordan uh, with a little, you know, thing that says Green Lantern 2814 deceased, and the ring is flying off of his hand. So apparently Hal Jordan is dead in this scene. He's also gushing blood. That doesn't help. Uh, and it also it looks like yo know, Black Hand is not in Indigo in that that picture. Also, kind of looks like the ring's flying to him. Mm, possibly or not, whichever. And then at the bottom, um, you have one of the Guardians. I'm presuming that is Ganfet because uh, oh, the way they, that the hair goes back. They all look so different. Well, Ganfet's usually the one that ties his hair back in a ponytail. Um, and, uh, you, can't, you can't see the back of his hair. You don't know it's in a ponytail. It goes over his ear. It goes behind his ear, rather. Okay. So that's most li- that's most likely Ganthet. Listen, um, this guy made Sinestro a vampire, I'm sure. <laughs> ah, anyway, right, go on. He's uh, above his hand is hovering the White Lantern ring, um, and uh, it's reading scanning sector for sentient replacement. And then underneath it says, we are the Guardians, we will not be stopped. And you have a picture of Sinestro lying on the floor with a pool of blood coming out of him. Okay. Now this was nice, because this is basically Sinestro catching up with the reader. So now he knows basically everything we know. Right, but this gives us a little more information. So... As I was, I was rereading this today, and a thought occurred to me. Yes. The others within the Chamber of Shadows will try to stop us. Wasn't that a thing, like Harry Potter and the Chamber of Shadows? Well, that's the Chamber of Secrets. It's very different, I'm sure. Now, the, cha- the Chamber of Shadows and the, the others within it somehow, you know, going against these Guardians... It's making me wonder, it's like, okay, well, who could, well, first off, who would be in this Chamber of Shadows, and who would try to stop the Guardians? I mean, aside from, you know, anybody else that's insane. And then I thought about it, it's like, well, wait a second, how many Guardians do we have right now? Like, seven altogether, including uh, Sade? Uh, probably, yes. Somewhere around there. Um... Now, there were they. There was at one time a whole bunch of guardians. Yeah. Oh God, that's true. <clears throat> now, and they've like they've left this plane of reality a number of times. Yeah. And come like, back and then left and then come back again. At one point, wasn't there something like one guardian for every one hundred Green Lanterns or something like that? I'm not sure if there were that many, but you have to figure if they you know, were evolved from, you know, Malthusians, you know, there had to be a good number of them that became Guardians in the first place. Yeah. And even if you account for the fact that half of them split off and became Zamorons, there's a ton of Zamorons. Well, maybe hell, less now, but... And hell, they never touched the whole the whole uh, children of the Guardians and Zamorons thing. Right. They never ch- touched on that. Uh, so you have the possibility that there's just extra guardians that these guardians put away because they wanted to be in control. 
then you also have the possibility that the, the ones in the Chamber of Shadows are the Renegade Guardians. Now, Crone is dead, but you still have Appa Aliapsa. Oh, God, please. <laughs> <laughs> who, you know, he was crazy then, but, you know, when you look at what these Guardians are doing now, is what he, you know, what is he really that crazy? <laughs> um... <laughs> and then you have from, you know, way back when, from the uh, mo- uh, Millennium um, storyline, uh, what was it? <sighs> uh, begins with an H. Oh, yeah, we're going to... Herman, I don't know. We're never going <laughs> to randomly think of a Guardian's alien name, okay? <laughs> it's like it's like Herakonim or whatever. Yeah, yeah, her- her- blah, 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 that guy. <laughs> You've I, also, I guess we might as well throw in there the... The deranged children from uh, Ganthet's tale. Because why not? Why not? Well, then they're all dead. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you know, it could be could be renegades. Um, it could be you know spinoffs of the Guardians, which would actually be really interesting if like these particular Guardians ended up like getting their ass like handed to them and they got stuck in the Chamber of Shadows. Yeah. And it was, they were completely replaced by a full new set of of guardians that are like, you know, we want to spread love and joy everywhere. Could you imagine if that's if that was their out for the guardians? Because like, like they've been taking the guardians down this dark villainous path for years now, and like, I know I know at least one person who can't re who can't get into this book because they, he hates the guardians so much. <laughs> like, could you imagine if like the intention? at some point along the way, it became, you know what, let's just make these guys so evil and irredeemable that at some point we'll just have them go so far that they just get taken out and replaced with another set of Guardians that we find somewhere. That <laughs> would be pretty funny. God. But, um, so, I mean, yeah, so there's there's that, which is pretty interesting. Then you have Sinestro as an Indigo tribesman. Yeah, which, gotta say, makes me kind of eager to read the next story arc where they're going to go into the Indigo tribe. Oh, yeah. I, in fact, I have I think I'm like two issues into that storyline now. What? How? What, are they, what issue are they up to with Green Lantern? Aren't they up? This is... What, what month is it right now? March? Yeah, March is the number seven month. Okay, so I guess I've only read number seven then. <laughs> I guess I don't know. Yes, okay. <laughs> that would well, have to be then, true. And number seven seemed like a really you know big issue to me. So so number seven is apparently incredibly awesome, and two issues worth of awesome. Great! Yes. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's that amazing. If I if I'm at all disappointed, is entirely your fault. Oh my god! The, the, and and the art goes back to being awesome again. Oh thank God. So it's. <laughs> It's pretty much as good as it gets after an issue like this. Oh. Um, oh, yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, but, yeah, while well, we're still stuck on this one. Yeah. Can I just say, one of these Guardians holding in their hand the power of all life is probably the worst goddamn thing that could ever happen. <laughs> well... This, this could okay. potentially be worse than Necron stabbing life in the face. But here's what you're not <laughs> picking up on. What? The Guardian 
is not holding the ring. No. He's trying to grab the ring, but he's not. Or it's just floating. These rings float sometimes. Right, but, okay, so here, here are the options with that. Either one, the Guardian is unable to grasp the ring because it feels no emotion whatsoever. Um, you know, so it's, you know, it's within its grasp, but forever out of its reach. Um, or deep. Yeah. <laughs> or it could be Ganthet, because we know that Ganthet is going to come around. It's just a matter of time, really. Maybe, uh, if Ganthet isn't the one that drop kicks the rest of the Guardians in the end, I'm going to be disappointed. You know, I read the, mo- the issue seven of, uh, the New Guardians. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Choose choose your words carefully. Let's just say I came to a revelation. Okay. Oh, and it yeah. just, it just like, it blew my mind, and I, I realized where where Tony Bedard is, is taking that, and I'm just like, oh, man, freaking awesome. Okay. All right. Don't <sighs> talk to me for four days. Oh, so good, so good. <clears throat> but anyway, um... Yeah, okay, so then Black Hand is, you know, also in this image killing Hal Jordan, and somehow Sinestro is also not necessarily dead, but lying on the ground bloody. Uh, Somebody spilled their yogurt on him. He's fine. He's asleep. So, I mean, I don't don't really think that there's much concern (laughs) over Hal Jordan dying. It's, It's temporary at best. I mean, let me ask you, do you necessarily care about Jeff Johns doing cryptic foreshadowing anymore. Yes. Because, uh, <laughs> I mean, look, now when we talk about it right now, it's kind of fun, but when I got to this page, I, the first time when I read this, I was like, oh my god, just tell me the stories already. Because, <laughs> like, it's not, like, this isn't, like, I'm tired of, like, the road to Blackest Night or the road to this event or just, like, like the thing that interests me the most about Sinestro with the Indigo Tribe is the fact that very next issue I'm going to get to read the story about them going to the Indigo Tribe. Like, oh, awesome, <laughs> awesome. Like, if I didn't know for a fact that was about to happen, I would have been like, oh god, whatever. Yeah, but the whole Third Army thing is going to be happening <laughs> within a matter of, you know, less than six months. Yeah, I know, and I'm I appreciate that. I appreciate that's going to have a very limited amount of buildup, but. At the same time, I really, I just, uh, look, it was great the first couple times, but I feel like the Lantern books have kind of gotten into this slump of a pattern where they'll do, like, like their big crossover amongst all the different books, and then there'll be this big war that's also the crossover, and then they'll have, like, an issue of downtime, and then they'll deal with the fallout a little bit. Then they'll go their separate ways and tell, like, two or three smaller story arcs while one or two of those books is starts building up to the next big thing that crosses them all over and then blah de blah de blah and it's like okay just want i, I kind of want to just read regular stories without the whole you know, you know don't don't try and wet my whistle jeff johns just just tell the stories yeah but by the same token <laughs> this issue was kind of a standalone issue Oh, yeah, no, and I like that. And I just, we also got a teaser for things to come. Yeah, and I guess I, that's it. I just but, don't want teasers right. anymore. Right, well, 
but what it comes down to is that, like, while you like the, you know, the one-off stories, people like me like the, you know, the teasers to give us clues as far as what's going to be happening, you know, down the line. Because it, it gives us something to, you know, uh, to theorize and to, you know, to try and guess what's going to happen. And then yeah. later on, get you know, try and see, okay, well, how accurate were we? You know, and, you know, if you're right, there's that feeling it's like, oh, yeah, I was able to guess it. You know, and that's cool. That's fun. Yeah, I guess I was I definitely liked that a lot more back when we were still firmly in the, the period of of everything we're reading now. Jeff Johns has had planned from the beginning, which, you know, you could argue we that was the case up through Blackest Night if you wanted to. But like right now, like we're very much not. So like I don't know, it's it just lost something for me. I mean like I think I think telling the story of the Indigo tribe I think it was definitely important for them to get to that the second storyline. You know, because like it's like he's been promising that since like the Sinestro Corps War basically. Yeah. You know, that's that's what every you know, everybody was curious about that ever since then. And, you know, now we're finally going to find a little bit of information about them, you know, hopefully yeah. more than a little. Yeah. So. And I look forward to it, but not because of foreshadowing. <laughs> I okay. Mean, yeah, I, I didn't need this bit of foreshadowing, but like the extra little bit about the others in the Chamber of Shadows that yeah. I thought was pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Well, it's just it's the same exact dialogue that was lifted out of the issue from like last month or the month before. Did they talk about the others in the book in the Chamber of Shadows? Absolutely. That whole all of the text at the top of this page was lifted right out of the end of a previous issue. Hmm. Okay. But yeah, no. Overall, I yeah, this is a good issue. Okay. All right. So where are we going to go next? Next up, we got Green Lantern Corps. Bye. Okay. Um, yes. Now, Green Lantern Corps. Um, we got the uh, the reinforcements going back to Orak. Uh, yeah, Orak. The the place where they were storing all the lantern batteries. Um, I don't really want to go into everything that's been happening in the storyline so far, but people know they listen to us. Yeah. So the uh, guy um, and a few other, you know, regular Green Lanterns, and then the uh, the hard ass Green Lanterns, the old timers. They're all on their way, along with two Sinestro Corps members that they have locked up. Uh, Can I just say, you could have done, this could have been such a more fun, like, you could open this being like, like, okay, so Guy Gardner and the Expendables fly the spaceship from the cartoon to save Jon Stewart from Skeletor. I mean, come on! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happens? It, well, it's, it's like, there's so much that goes on, you know, and so many characters that to try and, like, you know, actually give a decent synopsis, um, <laughs> yeah, Guy Gardner, a few other Green Lanterns, and uh, the Sinestro Corps members, and the expendable Green Lanterns. 
they close in on Orok, and uh, we have those other Green Lanterns that were on the planet being electrocuted and tortured to give up the, uh, what is it, the, the, the resonance frequencies to get into Oa. Yeah, for the vibrational matrix space shield thing. Yeah, you know that thing that we've never heard about ever before? <laughs> they always had. Wink, wink, you know? <laughs> you know that one. Wouldn't it be great if they actually don't have it? <laughs> they just tell people that so they won't try to get in. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, the bad guy definitely does look like Skeletor from the Masters of the Universe movie. Yes. Um... Yeah, so they're they're torturing them. Um, you have like uh, like almost like a, a group of maybe like eight eight of these weirdo creatures. Um, oh God, this <laughs> this one gets a little convoluted because the main guy, you know, Skeletor, he's got <laughs> his father and their fathers. Um, you know, so you have, like, a set... Oh, God. I'm sorry, I'm just laughing at the fact that this month, the Green Lantern Corps battles Skeletor and Starscream. <laughs> Next month, Thundercats. Oh, oh, man, that got canceled, do you hear? Yeah, we'll talk about that later. All right. Okay, so Skeletor and his seven fathers and grandfathers... <laughs> are the only ones that are free. Every other member of this race are being hooked up to these wires that that suck their life force to create a Stargate to take over Oa. Um, so they're they're torturing the Green Lanterns and uh, this you know, this one Green Lantern, Kurt, that we've never seen before ever. Oh, before this arc. <laughs> yeah, before this arc. Um, he's the loser that's about to, you know, give it up. He can't, he can't take the torture anymore. So he's just about to upload the, uh, the force matrix orbital key, whatever. <laughs> and so John Stewart, who is completely tied up in cables so that he can't move at all, he's instantly able to just destroy the cables and the first thing he does is snap Kurt's neck. So the ring goes flying off before it can upload the the things. Um, John Stewart is just <laughs> killed again. He's basically like a murderer. He's just a homicidal murderer. He, just, he, enjoy, he like gets a charge out of killing Green Lanterns, apparently. God. <laughs> um, so the ring flies off, and... Um, John Stewart, whose ring was completely dead, he is somehow able to charge it up to basically, you know, blow their asses up. He flies out of there with uh, the Van- one... Who? Vandor. Yeah, Vandor. The one other Green Lantern that was still alive, Vandor. Everybody else was tortured to death. Well, he has to take someone with him to kill later. <laughs> so... All those other Green Lanterns that were in there with them, completely dead. Um, <coughs> anyway, so they fly out, and then, you know, he only has just a tiny little bit, bit of juice, John has, um, which, well, we'll get to that later. And then they, they <laughs> land in, like, 
uh, a barren wasteland, and they're just surrounded by tons of, like, assassins. So that's when Guy and the Expendables, you know, jump in. Guy uses his ring to create armor around John and Vandor so they don't get blowed up. And then uh, they inject them with uh, the antidote as they're fighting. Tons and tons of fighting. It's just... Yeah, the antidote for what? I'll get to that. Okay. Yeah, so uh, it's an amazing battle scene. It's actually, it's incredible. Um, the bad guys just keep on, like, going. Like, they're, they're, like, tripping over their dead comrades to get at the Green Lanterns, but they keep going. Till finally, uh, Aldo drops the uh, their fear bomb, which <laughs> basically what they did was they've got this locker that they drop, and it's got this you know the the fat fat boy fat man and little boy, uh, Sinestro Corps members. <laughs> They're in this box, and they drop the box on the planet, and then detonate it. So it explodes fear everywhere <laughs> across this planet. <clears throat> so the antidote was against the this fear dust, I guess, that they were going to be releasing. Um, yeah, we got to talk about this. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, definitely. So, <laughs> which, by the way, I, I did like this, this issue. Oh, yeah, no, this is a great issue. I don't want anybody to get the impression that we didn't like this. This no, is great. But reviewing it is bizarre. I feel like this is, this is like, one of the best issues, probably the best issue since the relaunch of this book. Um, so, yeah, so it turns out that all that fear dust, um, when you have these people who are used to using willpower, but they never actually learn to overcome fear or anything like that, they become pretty damn useless. <laughs> So <laughs> the Green Lanterns come in, you know, they they round up all the soldiers and uh what do you call it? So then they take Skeletor and his uh his fathers um <laughs> and bring them to the planet uh Nero to dig graves for all those uh squishy water-based sea lion creatures that died in like the first or second issue. Yes. That's their their punishment, their life sentence. Yes. All right, let's talk about the fear bomb first. Okay. All right. All right. There are two two things here. All right. Okay. First of all, okay. So guy gives John and Vandor and a vaccination against the effects of the fear bomb, right? Right. So that they wouldn't be affected like the uh, the keepers. Right. Right. Now. <clears throat> So that essentially means they got these shots so they wouldn't become overcome by fear, right? <laughs> That's what that is, right? Yeah. Isn't the fact that they're both Green Lanterns, doesn't that kind of cover them? <laughs> you know what it is? Um, I think what they what they used to detonate the Sinestro Corps members... Uh, probably was also going to release... It was almost like a dirty bomb in that it released like a dust which was charged by the fear, you know, from their their rings. Okay. So that it's not that you're facing fear, but you're also inhaling fear. 
Okay. So by giving them the uh, the antidote, um, it would prevent <clears throat> their insides from being infected. I, I don't know. I mean, it's All right, incredibly well, nebulous. Like, that is that's a, absolutely that's... as close as you're going to get. Yeah, that's a good attempt at a no prize, but it does bring me to the other problem. Yeah. Now, between the fact that that these two Sinestro Corps members are actively incarcerated, yeah. and the fact that we see their hands a lot, they don't have rings. So, what this is, so what they're what they're expecting us to believe here is that. If you blow up two scary guys, it becomes a fear explosion. <laughs> well, I think what they're getting at is that these two, between the two of them, um, especially the big guy, he uh, <laughs> he like he, he farts fear gas. God. <laughs> <laughs> so Are you stupid. Sure that's what they're getting at. Because like they they showed the first time they ever showed him like a few issues ago they did like like he had a cut or something and like gas was coming out of his arm or whatever so right. it's like yeah they're setting up like he's your big big groggy gas ball of a guy that okay he'll explode he's volatile whatever the fact that he's wearing a Sinestro Corps uniform doesn't make him a fear bomb like. What? I, I don't. I don't know. You really just have to go with it on that one. Yeah. I mean, I guess like yeah, you know, we keep calling them the Expendables, and that's what they are—the whole like action movie thing. So I guess to a degree, you have to kind of go with the action movie frame of mind for it too. Where it's like, yeah, it doesn't make sense, but yeah, yeah, be in the moment. Um, what you going You know, the thing, like the one issue that I had with this was. Mm-hmm. This storyline, conceptually, I thought um, it was very solid. You know, very solid story. <laughs> Until you get to this issue where, like, you know, it turns out that the whole thing is being orchestrated by, like, this one guy who wants to rule everybody. And he basically, you know, he made it so that it's going to be him and his father and his father's father's you know, to run everything. Yeah, they they all of a sudden make the rest of their race kind of sympathetic, whereas right. up until now we thought they were all evil ninjas. Yeah, yeah. So like <laughs> that that kind of thing, where like making it, them into like kind of like you know, run by this megalomaniac. I thought that was kind of an odd, you know, switch. Yeah, although it was kind of appropriate that his plan is like freaking stupid and could never work. <laughs> Because, like, that, I would kind of expect that from somebody who's, like, psychologically destroyed. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Are you surprised that all of these Green Lanterns, based off of movie, movie characters, didn't die? <laughs> yes, I am, actually. Although one lost his arm. Yeah, and he immediately got over it. <laughs> he found a new one. <laughs> Not only did he find a new one, he took one off of one of the keepers so that he could use their weapon. He's like, well, I guess I'll do this now. I'll just fuse his arm onto mine. Yeah. Which one was that? Which actor was that? 
It wasn't Jet Li. It wasn't Clint Eastwood. Sure. That was, oh, that's that's Bronchuk. That's the Charles Bronson. All right, so Charles Bronson lost an arm, so he took a replacement off someone else. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty badass. God. Um, what you call it? Now, the one thing that, since I'm probably going to forget next it, next uh, next time we record, mm-hmm. um, for issue seven, mm-hmm. all of the lanterns here, except for John and Vandor, end up dying from the torture. Okay. <laughs> Next issue. <laughs> there are not that many people being inducted into the halls of Green Lanterns. <laughs> they just forget about <laughs> Completely some. Completely forgot about them. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Now let's 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 talk about this. This for me. This was the big thing. Now, okay. So. John Stewart, in order to save, in order to save Oa's front door from having his vibrational matrix key unkeyed, he snaps Kurt's neck. Right. <clears throat> now, my question to you is: Did he need to do that? Not, not, not even take into account that they were about to get rescued, because they had no way of knowing that the cavalry was right outside. Right. Did he need to do that? Um, well, <laughs> it, dep- it, it really only depends on one thing. What's that? If you think that the Guardians would have a problem going up against these Jokers, you know, then he <laughs> had to do it. If you think that the Guardians would have been able to, you know, basically kick these guys' asses immediately, then he didn't need to do it. Ah, interesting. If you think well, they pose, if like, if you think <laughs> they would have posed a threat to, you know, the rest of the Green Lantern Corps combined with the Guardians, you know. Well, well, I think, I think based on the rest of this story arc. They would have been dealt with, but a lot of other Green Lanterns would have gotten killed. Probably. All right. So, but look, I I think he did not have to do this, and I have a completely different reason. Okay. <clears throat> In media, there's no such thing as a vibrational matrix key. <laughs> that too. <laughs> but immediately after he kills this guy, he destroys their bonds, grabs another guy, and flies away. <laughs> He he could have done that. Like, just grab both of them. He would have gotten, like, 30 feet less distance. But, like, I mean... And, like, what what does he even say? He he used... He used, like, the electricity they were torturing him with to jumpstart the... to spark the embers of the last residual power in his ring or something. Okay, that's fine. You know what else they were being electrocuted? Right before that guy says, okay, I'm gonna talk. So he could have done the, he, his breakout could have happened like four pages before this, saved all three of them. Well, <laughs> or it could be that, you know, well, the next page, which is something that I wanted to get to anyway, mm-hmm. um, Van Dor, like they make a, a, like a, absolute, you know, 
distinctive mm-hmm. point of making sure that Vandor says, you willed us out of there, John. You did what you had to do, and you put one last charge in the ring. Which, I mean, we've been talking about for months now as far... Actually, we've been talking about this for years, that a Green Lantern should be able to use his own willpower to charge the ring. Because, I mean, face it, you know, the Sinestro Corps members have to do that to charge their ring the first time. Yeah, and I, I, they can't not be going that direction. I think right. there's a bunch of little things throughout the books that are pointing at that. Now, when you look at the situation, they're all being tortured. And, you know, like, none of them so far are giving up, you know, the information. Now, all of a sudden, it comes down to John Vandor and, uh, what's his name? Kurt. Kurt. Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, and all of a sudden, Kurt is like, okay, you know what, fine, I'll give up the answer. And so... John Stewart, you know, who absolutely does not want to do this, but he has to. He ends up killing him. He gets shocked in the process, and John Stewart is like, you know, oh God, it's like, you know, I just had to kill this one Green Lantern. It's like I have to do whatever it takes to save the other guy. So, like, I think that's where he found the, you know, like it's like when you reach deep down. You know, in order to, like, put a, a spark in the ring, you have to reach, like, you know, a shitload deeper. And and it's at that moment, after killing this guy, that he, he, you know, he reached down as far as, you know, farther than any Green Lantern has ever reached down to put that one charge in to break them out of there. Yeah, I guess. I think it was definitely the, you know, <laughs> killing Kurt with the crack. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, 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 at this point, we might as well st- call it the John Stewart effect. You know, like he, this is they keep falling into this pattern with this character where his whole thing is like, okay, he he does he makes a call, it kills someone, and then he carries that baggage for years. You know, they they finally gave him some semblance of moving on from Zanchi after God knows that was forever. Then they immediately turn around and have him kill Mogo and now kill this guy. So it's like, come, come on, come on. I, I've seen the cover for next, for uh, number seven, and it's him kind of, kind of crouched down, head down, hidden in shadow. It, like, it's a symbolic cover because he's, he's by the corpse of Kurt. And it's like, come on. I mean, they kind of deal with that. And, and I'm sure, like, again, it's, it's Tomasi, so I have faith in it, but it's like, it's like just conceptually, it's like it keeps going around and around with this character. You know, can he, can he just like, like not irresponsible for mass or limited death and well, then feel bad about it for decades? I mean, like having read issue seven, I'm gonna not comment on that. All right, good. I mean, hell, I. I mean, this this is probably why Mosaic was refreshing because the whole thing was about him like kind of coming to terms with the death in his life and using that as a catalyst to build instead. You know, yeah. it was like <clears throat> I don't know. So but, oh yeah, and this was written by Peter J. Tomasi, drawn by Fernando Pissarin. Uh, Scott Hanna on inks or color or whichever he does, inker, and Gabe 
Eltieb colorist. Um, You know, I have to say, like, you know, we don't usually go into it, but the stuff after the comic, Uh, the Sneak Peaks 2012. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, like, looking at these designs, and I'm thinking to myself, it's like, you know, I'm actually pretty curious about Green Arrow and these villains. I'm I'm getting... I forget what issue it is, but there's a one-shot of Green Arrow coming that I'm going to get. It's, it's it's Green Arrow versus Robots, and it's a one-shot, and it's by uh, the new writer Anne Ascenti, I think it is, who everybody who read her Daredevil seems to love her, so I want to see what she can do. Right. Um, <clears throat> yeah, um, I don't know if that's number eight, the new one. But no, I don't she's, think... Well, she, she's, well, whatever, these characters, I think either showed up in number seven first or they'll be showing up in eight. But either way, I'm definitely going to check this out because the art here looks amazing. Yeah. So. Oh, I have one one other complaint about this issue. Okay. And this actually bothered me the most out of everything. More than John killing people, this bothered me. Okay. And it's so stupid, but it bothered me. The uh, the ship they're flying around in at the beginning. Oh yes, it's flying backwards. Is it? It is. Look, this is the same. This is the same ship as in the animated series. Aya. Yeah, this is Aya. They might. They're probably not going to name it in this. And frankly, it's just. It's just like a. Uh, tie-in little thing. It's I. I remember thinking, now I know how GI Joe fans feel because it's like, it's like, all right, we're gonna use this in the cartoon, put it in the comic. All right, now we got a new vehicle, sweet. But um, yeah, in the cartoon, after catching up on like five weeks of the show and watching them fly around in this exact ship, the opposite direction, <laughs> I'm like, this is wrong. That's not how Aya flies. Huh. That's weird. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the design of it, it does kind of look like it should be pointed in that way, but when you see how they went with it... Because, I mean, like this, it looks kind of like a Klingon bird of prey, which is sort of the opposite message you would want to send, I think. You know, I actually caught up with the cartoon as well. Yes. But, uh, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. This is is a good show. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. But then again, so was Thundercats, and that got canceled. Yeah, yeah. Well, so Green Lantern still has, you know, is on the list of... Uh, Coming back. It just, yeah, it just started. It's not going anywhere yet. You know, somebody, <laughs> I was looking at a, a forum, and somebody said that, you know, the toys were not selling that well, which probably has a big factor to do with them not bringing it back. Yeah. <clears throat> And even uh, Bandai, they didn't even have anything to display at Toy Fair, wow. which is not a good sign. No. Um, but what I have to say about the whole situation is that, like, the story, the storylines that they've been coming out with were brilliant. Like, if you oh, watch, yeah. like, if you watch Thundercats, you know the the episodes from like you know back when the old the eighties, yeah, mm-hmm. it does not hold up. <laughs> I mean, it. It just does not hold up. Those stories were good then. They are not great now. 
Like, for Christmas, my mom got me Season 1, Part 1, like that box set. Yeah. I am terrified to watch it. It's still in its packaging. Oh, I, God. I, <laughs> I don't want it to destroy my memories. It will. Um, so I tried that with Transformers Season 1, and it was awful. I didn't make it through two episodes. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, same thing with He-Man. Same exact thing with He-Man. Oh, God. But, uh... Like, the storylines are, they're really good, they're really, it's, like, sophisticated enough that I can watch it and enjoy it, but also entertaining enough for a kid to watch it and be entertained. Um, but, like, the one thing that I didn't really, or that I wasn't that big on was were the designs. No. No, I definitely didn't like the designs. I thought that, for the most part, they were either, like, overly complicated and just not that iconic looking. Well, some like they they said like I know with Lion-O, like his his whole look was supposed to change over time. I guess, but uh, you know, even still though, like the the hairstyle and everything <laughs> like that, um, I, I just I wasn't that big on the designs. So when the toys came out, you know, it's like the toys. They were okay, but they were, like, it's very shiny plastic, so they look very, um, either, you know, it's like a combination of them looking cheap, or, like, looking like they're made for children only. Which you, like, you know, you can make figures, like the DC Classics, those are good figures, you know, that kids can play with, and yet they also look good for collectors. I mean, they, they cost, like, almost $20, so it's kind of ridiculous, but, you yeah. know, still, you can make a toy, you know, that appeals to both, and those toys, they look very cheap, um, they didn't have a huge selection of toys, they created a collector's line based on the, like, the old designs, and they made them, first they made them in, like, an 8-inch scale, so, and, like, they weren't that detailed. And then they made them in a six-inch scale, and, like, they made a lion-o, and his mouth is open so that the pose just looks, like, you know, ridiculous. It's like, I think Bandai did, like, a horrendous job with the action figures on this one. But, you know, it didn't help that the designs, I wasn't that big on myself anyway. Like, if the designs were good, I absolutely would have been picking up, like, a lion-o, to, you know, have it work. But, uh... Yeah. Well, the one saving grace for me <clears throat> is, like, I don't know how far they got in terms of actually making and airing episodes, because I think they took, like, a mid-season break kind of thing right. at some so point. Right, so they're on... They just <laughs> started airing the second half of the first season. Okay. So they have, like, a whole season, though. Well, they have half a season out. There's like ten episodes out so far, and I think they just had the first one, so we have like another nine episodes. Okay, because I know, because I remember reading around the time they were starting up that they were planning on doing like, like, like the series was going to be broken up into kind of story arcs mm -hmm. that like you know each story arc is kind of going to kind of be its own thing, mm -hmm. but then it's going to be like. I don't even know how, like, 15-episode story arcs that are, will be their own thing, but overall, they'll be, like, this this series and journey or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, like, <clears throat> at the very least, at some point, we're going to get, like, a box set or something of 
this entire series, and it's going to feel like you're you're getting like a whole story. It'll probably they'll it'll be left hanging at some point, I'm sure, but there'll be like a good deal of meat to it. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, if you watch that first, uh, you you've watched the episodes. Yeah, I've I've seen like uh, I forget what the last one I saw was, but like I saw like when they found the tower and all that stuff too, and like past right. that. So I mean, like <laughs> right in the beginning, you know, you see everybody evacuating into these caves, and the only ones that don't evacuate are you know the Thundercats that are on the show. So and then all of a sudden, you know, there was like a big explosion, and you think that all the rest of the Thundercats are dead. Dun dun dun. I mean, it's pretty obvious that what they're setting it up for is that at some point, like, they're going to come out of the caves and all the, you know, the rest of the Thundercats are going to be around. Yeah. But I mean, like, they could have run that out and just, like, introduced a couple of new Thundercats every once in a blue moon that just happen to be on trips or whatever to the rest oh, of the yeah. planet. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But, uh, either way, I mean, like, the show had tons of potential. Yeah. They, look at look at it now. I think I've seen the first thirteen or so. They uh, they actually there was a this one episode that they had where they were showing like you know back in the day like the old, other races and stuff like that. Yeah. And it basically tied the Thundercats universe into the Silverhawks universe. Oh, was this the one where Lionel was like inside his ancestor's brain or something? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was so cool. <clears throat> And this show, like, they did stuff with this show, where it's like, it's like the cliche TV tropes that normally you'd be like, oh, okay, I guess we're doing this now. And it made it interesting. Yeah. Like, they had, like, the one-off, like, like, random episodes where, like, oh, Lionel's making this mistake, what a doofus. Oh, he, <laughs> learns, his le- he learns his lesson in the end. Yeah. But, like, if you look at the specific things he's learning and why he's learning them, like, this is shit he needed. It's like, I like the like the whole thing with the pirates. That's like the third episode or something. Like yeah. by the time we got to the end of the episode, I felt like you know what? I'm glad I watched that. I'm glad they did that. And that whole that peddlers thing. Oh my god! Oh my god! That, that was, was so good. That was so good. That was moving. God, it like it's such a that 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 episode right there is a fantastic example of taking a cool idea. And presenting it in a way that's awesome. Yeah. You know what sucks though? What? Remember, remember the <clears throat> the episode where where uh, Lionel and Tigra finally kind of have their falling out because of like what happened when they were kids or whatever. Um. With like the pit. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying not to spoil for people, but right. but like. That's the one because I've been talking. Uh, I've been trying to talk up this this series to Jeremy and Rob to get them to watch it. And Rob watched that episode. And he was like, "Well, that sucked." I'm like, "No, you picked the exact wrong one. That's like that means nothing to you if you haven't seen the ones before." And now, based on that, he won't go back and watch the rest. You should definitely like that. That's Rob. Yeah, that's Rob. Yeah, Rob. If you're listening, then. Definitely, like, try and watch the Peddlers episode. Yes, or even, like, the first ep- or even just Omens Part 1 and 2, because that's, like, a freaking... Well, yeah, I mean... It's like a movie, it's so good. Yeah, that that's great, but, I mean, if he's only going to dedicate a half hour, then, you know, that's... 
that's like one of their their highlights. Yeah. Uh, shall we get back to reviewing comics? No, I want to talk about Thundercats. <laughs> I was so happy to see the Robear Burbles. I missed that one. That's <sighs> one I didn't see. Like, the episode itself was just kind of so-so, but just seeing the Robear Burbles, I love Burbles. It's just, do, they have, do they have the same voice kind of thing? Yeah, thing? basically. <laughs> could, you, could you ever understand them in the old show? Yeah. I don't think I ever knew what a Burble was saying. I just relied on the other half of the conversation. <laughs> It's like, brah, 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 brah. sure, we'll come to your village and help you fight the dragon. Uh, what? Okay, I guess they're going to do that now. What's hysterical is that, you know, like, every once in a while, I'll eat fruit. I don't have anything against fruit, but I'll never go out of my way to, like, obtain fruit. It's a weird thing. Okay. But if Robear Burble fruit actually existed, like, I would fight people to eat that. God. What do they even eat? Shouldn't they eat, like, like engine parts or something? Aren't they robots? (laughs) They're robot bears. They're, like, cyborgs. Oh, okay. Like, robot bear. How's that different from a robot anything? (laughs) They're robots. It's like a cyborg bear. So, like, the bear part is engineered to create the oil that it needs to run the robot side. So creepy. Okay. So speaking of burbles, Green Lantern New Guardians number six. Yes, yes. By Tony, by your pal Tony Bedard and Tyler Kirkham on art and credits pages there. Uh, oh yeah, it's inked by bats. You should ask them about that. Like, how did how long did it take to train that bat to ink a comic book? Or if it's multiple bats? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh no no, it just says bat. So it's uh, one. Oh god, they they better teach other bats too, because I don't know how long a bat lives. Anyway, and uh, Nerefino, colorist, the only colorist that matters. So. <laughs> uh, all right, so <clears throat> we're we're at the solar system ship, which I assume is moving forward because these stationary ships are just starting to crash into it. So I guess it's moving forward. Um. Meanwhile, like, on the various worlds of the Orrery, the, you know, the the Skittle Squad, which is a name I'm not going to abandon, because Kyle used it himself, and I like it better than their team name of New Guardians. <laughs> they're all, they're separated throughout the Orrery. And Kyle just found out from a crazy monk that this crazy angel is going to come to try and kill them all. So, Kyle tries to use his ring to to contact everybody and warn them and the ring says no dice because I'm a green ring and I can't talk to blue rings because I'm a green ring. So Kyle in in a uh, not at all heavy handed moment <laughs> smashes his fist against his heart saying saying you want to feel something ring? Feel me. Feel my emotions. You want fear? I'm scared they're gonna die. And then the ring's like, all right, stop it, I'll do it. So he contacts <laughs> <laughs> So he contacts everybody and says, everybody, Invictus is coming. That's the angel guy. <laughs> uh, we got to regroup or he'll kill us. <clears throat> he doesn't tell them, you know, 
how he's going to come or what he looks like. But, you know, now they're all they're at least aware that something bad might be about to happen. And just as that just as that message is delivered, Monk and Fatality get ambushed by Invictus, who can apparently walk through his statues of himself like they're doorways, which is kind of awesome. Yep. <coughs> um, you know, he he attacks Fatality and Monk, uh, very blatantly wins, <coughs> and they'll... <coughs> Oh god, excuse me. You okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm alright. About to die? Not yet, not yet. Okay. <clears throat> uh. <clears throat> uh so yeah, so Fatality and Monk survive because Monk teleports them away to Arkillo and Saint Walker. Which, okay, strength of numbers, right? Not so much, because they're all standing at the base of another Invictus statue. <laughs> he pops right through. <laughs> Well, of course. I mean, you know, you want to go look at the local art, so obviously... Yeah, no. this is their Met. It's great. Uh, Arkillo, he's on this. <laughs> and I, I like how they're showcasing the fact that Arkillo very much has a tongue. He's like he's like Venom now. He's a big hulking monster with a ten-foot tongue that just has it waving in the wind always. But, uh, you know, he doesn't do very well at all against Invictus. He does succeed in pissing Invictus off by blowing up his monument, which is great for everybody, right? <laughs> well, I guess it's great for the people that are next to another one that he was planning on going to. <laughs> yes, true. <laughs> uh, so yeah, those four guys are getting their butts kicked until Kyle shows up and throws a bitchin' battleship at him. <laughs> and Glomulus is laughing his ass off. It's great. Um... <clears throat> Till Invictus really gets mad. He he does this thing, like, his body glows, and he, he's kind of focusing all of his light into one spot, so the rest of him is, like, this, like, photo-negative black. It looks really awesome. And he's about to Care Bear stare everybody to death. But St. Walker decides, all right, I'm going to stop this madness my way. So he does this thing where he locks his ring, and he tries to pull something good out of Invictus's mind to kind of calm him down. <clears throat> but, and you know, Invictus, he's he's kind of, he's taken aback by this. He's really surprised. He thought these were all, like, evil, sinner, bad people. But he sees hope. You know, he sees somebody who's, you know, <laughs> pun intended, on the side of the angels. Still gonna kill him, though. <laughs> he's like, you think you could violate my mind this way and and manipulate my emotions. No, he grabs Saint Walker's ring hand, and that's that's kind of where we leave that for the moment. As uh, as Bleez, our newly, you know, in Air Bunny's newly <laughs> mentally restored Bleez, has made her way to the orrery to, I don't know, gather intel about the red ring that came to Kyle. I guess I don't know. She's coming, so it'll be cool. Well, um, somewhere over the past month, I lost my issue. Oh. Um, I mean, I remember it pretty well. Um, it was a great issue. Love the art. I mean, you know, I can be really, <laughs> I could have lost any issue and just said the same exact thing. <laughs> um, 
I mean, issue seven is amazing. Oh, great. That helps us a lot right here. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like, issue six was a great battle episode, you know, issue. Um, (sighs) Trying to think of... Do you have anything at all to say about this issue? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Favorite book. I know, but I haven't got a chance to review it. Ah, oh, Jesus. So. <laughs> Let's see. I mean, I don't know. It, it was fairly, fairly typical fight issue. Um, you know, done well. Dialogue is always good, and like I said, the art. You know, it's Tyler Kirkham art, so. So that was awesome. <clears throat> Yeah, the art. I really like the art in places here. With um, <clears throat> um, like at one point, Arkillo kind of armors himself up when he goes after Invictus, and it looks cool for the two panels it's in. Uh, that shot where Invictus just blows him away. It's a two-page spread that goes across the top three quarters of the the two pages. Really well done. <clears throat> Uh, the scene with Kyle dropping the battleship on him, or the Titanic, or whatever. Yeah. That was like, that looked great. I lo- again, I love how Tyler Kirkham makes these rings come off really powerful. And uh, like the two the two horizontal panels right under each other with uh, Saint Walker's eyes and Invictus's eyes both lit up with the Blue Lantern light. That looked really nice. You uh, you didn't like the fact that Kyle was able to contact the other rings. No, I like it, and it makes sense for what they're going for, because they're, they're kind of pushing Kyle as, like, the next step in Lantern-ness or whatever. Yeah. I just didn't like... <clears throat> just, like, the dialogue and the delivery and his physical actions. Like, it was so over the top, it was stupid, you know? Uh, I don't know. I, I bought it, and I think I think it had to be over the top, because... You know, in order to harness all the emotions to contact them, you have to get emotional. Oh, yeah, no, and and I agree, but you can deliver it in a way that doesn't sound incredibly cheesy and lame. Right, but by the same token, like, you know, you have to let them know, like, immediately, because this guy's, like, phasing through statues to, you know, get the other guys. I I know, I know. I'm not quite... Listen, my issue here is with... The dial, like the specific words that were put into his mouth, and probably with him beating his chest while saying them. That's I, it. That's I it. it. I bought it. Um, what you call it? Then, yeah, him being able to go through the different statues. <laughs> you know, like I kind of like the fact that he's like so incredibly powerful. Yeah. That, like, nothing they can do is touching him. Well, he needs to be. Because, <clears throat> I mean, think about where this story arc started. It started with Kyle becoming so powerful he could fight off all of the Guardians by himself. So you want a credible threat, you bring in this guy who can beat to a pulp all of, <clears throat> all of this group by himself. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, I promise you, <laughs> within the within the next few issues, Kyle's going to get all that power again and fight this guy on an even field. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think, uh, I forget it was you or Chad who brought up the fact that, like, 
their armor was kind of similar to each other. Yeah, I noticed that. <clears throat> and I think that's I think that's on purpose to kind of get you in the mindset of like, okay, people who look like this are this powerful kind of thing, you know? <laughs> Issue 7 is awesome. Stop it! <laughs> I hate you. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, so Issue 7 offers something of a resolution. Okay, don't tell me. I'm don't tell me. To. I'm not going to. Can I tell you what I think is going to happen and you can't confirm or deny it? Well, I just, <laughs> I just want to say that the what, what they do give you in terms of resolution, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. But yes, please tell me what you think is going to happen. You're I think, wrong, by the way. All right. <clears throat> and I think, and this I, this ties into to I forget, but <laughs> I think the the point of the the solar system ship looking like a solar system might be so Kyle can blow it up. <laughs> and so that and that clearly sending the message, okay, he's powerful enough to oh, blow up man. a solar system. Because that would, because think about it, that would shake up this, the, the, uh, I can't, th- I, I, I almost said shake up the status quo. That's not what I mean to say. But like, it would give this group of characters a good reason to stay together because they would want to keep an eye on somebody who could do that. Right. <laughs> At the same time, it would like, it would like, uh, it would definitely like, it would put, it would kind of propel Kyle down his own direction, certainly. <laughs> um, the one thing that that I would like to know, um, the one thing that they didn't really, you know, go into or haven't gone into yet, I guess, um, when Glomulus is cut off from Larfleys, mm-hmm. it's like Larfle- uh, Glomulus is still, you know, acting as, you know, his own character. Um, and Larflees can't contact him at all, so he has no control over it whatsoever. Now, the question remains that once Glomulus, you know, gets out of this, you know, planet thing, this, you know, solar system thing, is he going to be under Larflees' control anymore, or did the severing of the connection make him, you know, a construct unto himself? Maybe Super Kyle will fix him. Because <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, I I like Glomulus. I want him to stay around. Like, I don't... I mean... I mean, from a... Because I listened to the Tony Bodard interview. And from what... He, I think I remember him saying something like, it didn't make sense for Larflees to run around with this group doing it himself. So he sent Glomulus instead. Like... I'm like I would prefer to have Glomulus with this group all the time as opposed to Larflees. Um, the other thing is, oh, what was I going to say? <clears throat> um, oh yeah, with uh, as powerful as Kyle was in that, um, you know, first couple of issues when he had that costume. Similar to uh, the Invictus. Invictus, who I would also forget his name even if I had the issue in front of me. Well, he's not memorable like Starscream or Skeletor. <laughs> no, just because I'm really bad with names. <laughs> um, 
yeah, um, Kyle didn't actually have an orange ring. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, as powerful as he was, he actually wasn't as powerful as he could possibly be if he actually had the orange ring as well. Mm. So, just throw that out there. Okay. But, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I read issue seven and I came to a revel- revelation. So, I, I'm just yeah. like, I'm waiting for you to get that issue and just like text me immediately because like I need, I need to share this with you. All right. Well, if Kyle gets an orange ring next issue, I'm going to yell at you because <laughs> you're like, huh, I'm not saying this happened. This is just me guessing and stuff, even though I already read it. <laughs> <clears throat> No, All no, right. that that definitely is is not a point whatsoever in the next issue. I'm just I'm just pointing it out as a you know something from previous issues. Yeah. <laughs> you know who we sh- really should try and talk to in who? terms of creators. We really should try to get Nerafino. She's like the one constant in all of our Green Lantern enjoyment from the last five years. <laughs> Everyone else has let us down at some point or another but her. Actually, I think I saw her at a at New York Comic Con. I got to tell her how much I loved her or her uh, colors. Cool. Oh. I mean, like, as much as I love her art, and I mean, like, you know, her not, you know, not not the stuff that, you know, not just the stuff that she colors, because she also does, you know, draw, do pencils and stuff. I, that's gorgeous as well. Um, I don't know exactly what to ask a colorist. Yeah. I mean, we could have her on and just talk to her, because that'd be cool, I'm sure. But, I mean, come on, like, the color, especially, like, she was drawing, like, Black as Night stuff and all this stuff, like, where, like, can you imagine, like, how hard it must be to keep, keep straight? straight, yeah. Like, at one point, there was, like, 185 lanterns on the same page together, completely mixed up. Like, okay, this one's supposed to be blue, and this one, and this beam should be this color, and what? Okay, like, I don't know, I feel like there would be, we'd have stuff to say. <laughs> Nay, do you ever, you know, just want to, you know, take one of these lanterns in the background and uh, color them in teal? (laughs) Like, do you do you ever look at a spread in Blackest Night that you have to color and want to jump out of a window? Uh, Speaking of jumping out of a window, shall we go to Red Lanterns? Yes, and 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 give a creative team for once. (laughs) You like that segue? Yeah, which I think it was kind of misplaced, but okay. Well, no, but for previous issues, okay. Um, <clears throat> we got Red Lanterns number six, and since Dan is being a little baby, I'll uh, tell everybody. <laughs> the writer is Peter Milligan. The artist is Ed Bennis. Uh, looks like Inks is Diego Bernard and probably Rob Hunter. Um, I don't know where the credit page is. Oh, there it is. It's hidden in the corner. Pencil, oh, pencils by Ed Venice and Diego Bernard. Oh, they shared pencils on this. Inker Rebecca Buckman, colorist Nathan Iring. 
Okay, there we go. So, uh, oh God, Jack Moore. Um, that's the uh, the kind of spineless brother, the you know, yes. the timid one. Um, <laughs> starts out this issue, his spine snaps. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of a jarring start, isn't it? He's looking right at you, and he's like, "Oh, hey, my spine just snapped." <laughs> oh, awesome. Okay, so. We have an Earth, Earthborn Red Lantern, and uh, right off the bat, you know that things are going to be a little different because he says, you know, you, you see the bum bum ba bum ba bum, you know, just like you see when everybody becomes a Red Lantern, and he says, "I'm Jack Moore, an English literature student at Oxford. Streaming blood fills my mouth. My heart pounds. It's going to explode, but it doesn't." My heart keeps beating. So right there, you have, you know, this is the difference between him and everybody else. His heart is still beating. Um, and then they go on to, you know, show you what, uh, you know, what he went through when he was younger. Because he, you know, was an orphan. Um, his brother somehow was able to fit in, but he, you know, he just took refuge in books. And he never got angry at anybody. He's been controlling his anger for his entire life, which is why he his heart didn't explode, because he's become a master of controlling his rage. Um, he tries to warn the cops that are, you know, that just killed his brother. <laughs> and he ends up spitting up red fire <laughs> vomit on them, melting their skin. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, he's just kind of, like, wondering what's going on. He has no idea. He, you know, tastes burning in his mouth. Um, they start shooting at him, and he wants to get away from it to figure out what he is. Realizes he's flying. And then we flash back to Yusmalt. Atrocitus is uh, going after Blaze because, uh, what's his name, Krona's gone. And uh, Blaze is just like, yeah, I'm not going to take this lying down. So, you know, they're, they're fighting it, they're duking it out, until uh, finally everybody else, all the, re- all the rest of the Red Lanterns are like, uh, uh, leave her alone, <laughs> you're being an ass. <laughs> so he's pissed, he's really pissed, because now they're all, you know, revolting. Um, and he's, you know, he's wondering, you know, what's going to happen, because now things are changing. People are, you know, might actually follow Blees instead of him. Back on Earth, uh, the uh, this you know Red Lantern guy, he goes to like the one person that took care of him after his mom died, which is his dead grandfather. He flies there and he's going to the, to the grave. <laughs> he smashes into the Earth because he has no idea how to fly yet. <laughs> Leaves an enormous crater, like <laughs> oh god, it's a crater filled with dead bodies too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty horrible. He grabs the tombstone for his grandfather, and then he picks it up and goes flying after the guy that killed his grandfather, who is in a cop car, and I guess the cops are, like, taking care of him. And uh, this guy is, like, flying after him with the tombstone. He hurls the tombstone at the car. Oh, wait, no. No, he doesn't. He just just rams himself into the car. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he flies directly into it. 
Um, and he's like, yeah, this is what I have to do. I have to kill this guy because he killed my grandfather and he, you know, and he is in turn responsible for my brother dying for, you know, cause he resisted arrest. And justice is about to like smash this grave down on the guy's head, caving in his skull and ceasing his life. Guy Gardner shows up and puts a bubble around him to stop it. <laughs> Says, I'm Guy Gardner, you and me have some talking to do. Alright. I had one disappointment with this issue. I, th- I did too. I don't think it's the same thing. No, I don't think so either. My we'll disappointment was Guy Gardner showing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. Mine is <laughs> that DC doesn't know what this character's name is. <laughs> Because all throughout this issue, we're reminded over and over again, his name is Jack Moore, Jack Moore, Jack Moore, Jack Moore. And as I was reading this, I'm like, hang on a second. So I went back and I checked, and I flipped through the first five issues. And in every single one of them, his name is John. <laughs> yeah, Jack. Jack is a replaceable name for John. No, no, it's not. Yes, it is. No, no, it's not. Yeah, haven't you ever no. heard of- Okay. You know John F. Kennedy? Yeah, the guy named John. His name is John F. Kennedy. They call him <laughs> Jack all the time. Who does? Who what? do you hang out with that talks about him all the time? Listen, <clears throat> the name John and Jack can be replaceable. That's retarded. I've never heard of that before. I, I, I'm not even making this up. Like, listen, I, I understand... I had to make my own peace with it many years ago when I found this out. But it's very <laughs> true. The name, people call people named John Jack. I don't agree with it, but it happens. <laughs> All right. Even so, even still, there's a panel in this issue. Like, it's a panel where you see the murderer guy in the back of the cop car. Yeah. <clears throat> he says, says, uh, you know, he... I, like he calls him Jack, but then the cop calls him John, and like even like why would you even do that in that context? Like he says, like I got a text that Jack Moore had gone crazy and attacked some of you, and then the cop says, "Don't worry about John, yeah, we'll take care of him." Like why? Why would you do that? like that? Would be like okay, <laughs> I don't even what know they're, what they're saying is okay. Are they saying, hey, readers, are they saying, hey, readers, don't be confused? Like, what are they saying? Right, that's what they're saying, because he's like, you know, I can believe his brother going crazy, but Jack, he's a wimp, you know, and I got a text that said Jack Moore had gone crazy. So the cop is saying, it's like, don't worry about John Moore, meaning, you know. We're not going to call him that anymore. We're going to refer to him by his, you know, his birth name, as opposed to his nickname, Jack. Why the hell? Would like, I mean, <clears throat> I've been saying this for six months now. Why would they have two two human lanterns named John? And if the alternative was, oh, you could call him Jack instead. Why wouldn't they just start out calling him Jack? So stupid. Look, I'm sorry. I don't I don't make the rules here, but that is the case. Uh, <clears throat> um, beyond that. Beyond that, I like this issue a lot. This issue was really good. Yeah. <laughs> I love the fact that, like, he was kind of losing himself, and he had to keep reminding 
Like, he, he had to stop himself from thinking about himself in the third person. Mm-hmm. He had to remind himself who he is and who he's related to. It's it's pretty amazing because, like, he <laughs> has retained a level of, like, comprehension that other Red Lanterns, you know, only achieve after taking a dip in the, uh, the blood pool. Yeah, although it's completely internal at this point. Like, he, I'm sure he'll get there, but he can't vocalize stuff. Well, he'll probably jump in the, the blood pool. I, would, I hope he slips and falls in it. That would be my guess. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like, you know, honestly, everything that I hated about this character in issues one through five, um, like, I, I, I will definitely hand it to Peter Milligan. Like, you know, he was setting this character up, and it makes complete sense now. And... It actually makes the character, you know, so much cooler when you realize that, you know, he's been controlling his rage for so long that, like, you know, he he's a master of it. Like, this is a, this is a character that, you know, will almost certainly be able to master constructs because he's controlled his rage so well. <clears throat> oh yeah, and like this issue is like the polar opposite of the last five because all the like. All the Earth stuff is great, and you kind of hate that it goes to space in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that wasn't great. Yeah, yeah, you could kind of tell that the art was divided up a little differently just with how the Yasmalt stuff looked. Like, the inking was a lot heavier and the lines were thicker, especially on that two-page shot of uh, the Red Lantern core saying, hey, Atrocitus, stop it. Like, look at the ink lines on Bleeze. Like, they're all a lot thicker. And on Atrocitus, too, than, like, they would have been in past issues. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely, actually. That's kind of money. <laughs> yeah, and, like, the whole thing is kind of light on backgrounds as well, but... Yeah, but, I mean... I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's a cool enough fight. <laughs> yeah, I, I just love the fact... I'm sorry, I'm, I've completely moved on from Yasmalt. <laughs> I love the fact <laughs> that, that, um, uh, Jack, or whatever his name is. Jack John? Yeah, Jack. We should give him a different name every episode. I love the fact that he's having this deep, introspective moment while the police are actively trying to beat the shit out of him, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. he doesn't even notice. And then they're like, oh, your brother made us do it, oh! I thought it was really funny <laughs> towards the end there that when the cop shot him with a taser, she yelled out, Taser. <laughs> She's like announcing her attack. That's awesome. <laughs> That's like pulling out a gun, yelling, Bullets! <laughs> and then shooting. <laughs> oh, man. God. And, you know, as. As, as far as him almost killing that guy, who I agree he should have killed him because he deserved it. Yeah. It's like the one victim in this entire series that have deserved to be brutally murdered. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love the way they do it, where until you turn the page, you think he did it. Like, it absolutely looks like he did it. Yeah, yeah. And then, stupid <clears throat> guy Gardner. 
Yeah. Got when I saw the solicitation for I guess next issue, yeah. and it had a guy on the cover fighting a Red Lantern, I was overjoyed because finally a good character would be in this book, and now I'm even happier because now there's two good characters in this book that are gonna be interacting. Uh. <laughs> and it makes sense for Guy because he he was the first human Red Lantern or second or whatever. But now he, like, Guy is the perfect choice to run into this kid. Yeah, he was totally the first after Hal Jordan. <clears throat> yeah, but Hal doesn't count. Ever. Guy, Guy was the first human Green Lantern, too. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> trying to think if there was anything else. Well, I don't think so. But I, I don't think that that's a bad <laughs> thing. No. I like, like, you mentioned his flight. I like the fact that he doesn't know how to work his powers yet. He can't he can't keep himself from <coughs> from vomiting fire on people. He can't stop when he flies. And he has this moment of clarity at the end there that doesn't make sense to anyone but him. Cause, and that, that I think that's kind of how it should be. I kind of want to see him and Captain Adam hang out. And talk about how cool it is to have Firestorm hair without being Firestorm. (laughs) (coughs) Or Wave Rider hair. Yeah. Nobody nobody wants to remember Wave Rider. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I I mean, honestly, the only thing I'm not totally sold on with this character so far is his design. Because, I mean, the the fire hair I'm sure I'll get used to, but I don't really like it right now. And just his suit is so unnecessarily complicated like look at that <clears throat> that first splash page where he's flying up and it's in like it looks so awkward like there's other shots where it looks fine but like if you turn him slightly the wrong way like it just doesn't work right like that symbol doesn't look like it's actually on him well, like the angle he looks like he's wearing Captain Britain's shirt well that's it it's inspired by the Union Jack. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, that's a, I guess that's another disappointing thing. I keep forgetting this character is supposed to be English. Yeah. Because they make absolutely no effort whatsoever to hit home the fact that he's English or that any of his story took place in England. Yeah, well, there is that. That's definitely a downside. I think every once in a while they have, like, you know, the little location thing up in the corner. Um, but today, the the, the 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 big thing for this particular uh, issue that gave it away as far as where they take place mm. is in the funeral scene where the little girl is saying to her mom, "Mummy, mummy, what is?" Yeah, it? God, that's it. That's all. And you know, if they were going to title this "All Too Human," they could have just gone the extra mile and just titled it "Being Human" because that is like that's a UK show. <laughs> it's apparently very good. Yeah, I know it exists. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, I like it. I'll get I'll get an action figure of this guy. Yeah, you know, part of me, because again, cartoon. Part of me is disappointed that he's not Razor, but you know, <laughs> so, I mean, and I feel like that comparison is going to come up a lot because. It's two cases where you're going to have a Red Lantern main character that's going to be kind of your POV character for the Red Lanterns, 
and their name starts with an R, because he's apparently going to take the name Rancor at some point, which, I don't know, isn't that the thing in Star Wars in that pit? But yeah. whatever. Whatever. Yeah, the Rancor <clears throat> pit. Yeah. Where they keep their Rancors. Uh, well, that's, that's why you have the pit. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, no, Red Lanterns. It took them six months, which I feel like is going to hurt them in the long run, but this is really... This is good. This book is good now. Actually, this, from what I hear, it's been selling rather well. Really? Like, a, um, I was talking to... I don't know, what was it? Some guy in one of the comic shops, and I asked if he had Red Lanterns. He's like, oh, no. He's like, all the, the Green Lantern books tend to sell out, you know, extra quick. I which, like that. <laughs> well, to which I say, it's like, so, you know, I think to myself, well, why the hell aren't you ordering more? <laughs> but uh, he says, yeah, Red Lanterns, that's, you know, that's always a really quick one to go. All right. Um, Hopefully those people will still keep going now that the book is getting better. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think this is definitely going to pull in a bunch of new readers. Yeah. So. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm very happy. Um, like, you know, we have to read the book anyway. Yeah. But now I'm now I'm on board. Now I really enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, we're finally it took six months, but we're finally getting into the territory of where we kinda wanted the book to be from issue one. Maybe not in terms of exactly plot or content or anything, but in terms of the quality. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, Red Lanterns, number six. Definitely definitely get number six if you were thinking about trying this series. Yeah. Ignore the crap that came before no. Some of it was okay. Um, yeah, okay. So I guess that's that's all the books for this month. Yep. Did you uh, did you read Justice League number six? Was that the finale to the first yeah. story arc? Yeah. Yes, I did. I don't think I no, I didn't actually finish reading it. Like I you didn't finish I, the issue? No, I bought it. I didn't. I didn't read that one. Oh, okay. So. I mean, it was good. Like, it ended on kind of a, kind of a failed attempt at humor, but they brought it back around to something kind of, kind of a, not, not sentimental. What words am I thinking of tonight? I don't know. I don't know. It it made it feel like, oh, this is the beginning of something great kind of thing, you know? Okay. Although the the visual storytelling with that could have been a little clearer, but um, I know <clears throat> yeah. with issue seven, I bought issue issue seven that has a backup with uh, Shazam. Oh yes, I'm looking forward to that. So it's that to look forward to. Yeah. yeah, and issue seven is the first one in the present day too. Have you been keeping up with Aquaman? I I've been buying all the issues. Um, I still have yet to read a bunch of them, although I did pick up issue seven and I read that one. Um, <laughs> so I still have to go back and read like, well, I guess six through four. Yeah, in like, that four order. To, yes. four, four to six or three to six. I'm not sure if I read issue three yet. Oh, just read the whole story arc. It'll go by in like a half an hour. <laughs> but uh, seven was really good. Seven was yeah. really cool. And ha- if anybody out there hasn't, tried Aquaman yet for whatever stupid reason you really should it's a great book and issue six is a Mira solo issue so if you liked her in Blackest Night read this thing 
I've been picking up the issues to Captain Adam. Um, that one, I... I mean, like, what you call After we moved, like, I kind of lost track of a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, following all the other titles kind of wasn't really as much a priority. Um, and then, what was the other one? Resurrection Man was the other one. Which, I mean, and also Wonder Woman. Like, those are, like, the three books that I would like to read a lot, but... Yeah. I just, you know, I missed a couple of issues, and at some point I plan on going back to, you know, read them, but <laughs> low priority right now. Yeah, Wonder Woman continues to be good. Batman continues to be great. And you know how you were kind of burned on the Flash? and I for, Like, I forget, did you try the issue one of the new one? Yeah, no, I didn't. I skipped it this time around. Yeah, if you wanted to, I would recommend issue six. Because that first story arc was kind of, eh, you know? Mm-hmm. But they they blatantly learned a lot from it, and issue six was... I Like, I was contemplating dropping the book with that first story arc. But then really? I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Because it, it became one of those where, like, I was hanging on because I love the art. But I couldn't justify that forever. But then I read, like... <clears throat> I'm like, all right, let me give it a couple more issues. So I read issue six, and I freaking loved it. <laughs> So I would I would suggest if you can get issue six or just read a flip through it in a store or something. Uh, maybe I'll flip through, but I don't know. I think <clears throat> I think I'm just gonna like avoid Flash for a while because I mean, especially like when you consider that I really want to read Wonder <laughs> Woman, but yeah. just haven't got around to it. Yeah, I mean the stuff that you know you like should take priority. Exactly. So. I'm going to try and catch up with that stuff first. Plus, if you really wanted to, like, like the mediocre stuff that started it off is going to be its own trade, I think. <laughs> so you could start with Volume 2 if you really wanted to. Right. So, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I definitely have enough comics to read right now. I mean, if, if at some point, you know, in maybe the next story arc or so, they decide to do something you know, really cool, um, you know, change the character up, then, uh, I don't know, maybe I'll check then. Well, that's a, that's another thing, because, like, they, out of the gate, they did this, like, five-issue-long story about this new villain they came up with when they themselves really didn't know how to write a comic. They were learning as they went. <clears throat> and they, they came out and said in an interview, yeah, we, this didn't work out as great as we wanted to. <laughs> so we're going to do, here's how we're going to do this from here on. And like, they're going to do like a bunch of short stories. that are like, like one to three issues long. And they're just going to like bang those out. They're going to bounce between new characters and established villains. Like they're doing a two issue captain cold story. And then they're doing a one shot that just gives a concise and simple explanation for what the speed force is and what Barry Allen's place and everything is. Then they're going to Gorilla City for a couple issues, and then they're doing something else. And then, So it's it's this sounds like the kind of thing like I want Flash to be, you know? It just tells these, like, quick adventures that are, like, in, fun, and out. You know, like, for me, I think, for me to actually be interested in Flash, um, I think something important has to be happening. 
it, it can't just be like, you know, like I'm not interested in like the Flash just, you know, running Doing around. Doing flashy things. Yeah, like just, you know, oh, he's, he's running now and he's going to talk to gorillas. Um, I don't really need that out of a comic book. I, you know, I, I've seen, I, I've, I've read a few issues like that in the past. And, you know, to be perfectly honest, I, I, I definitely don't need that. Uh-huh. But, you know, if it's the kind of thing where, you know, Flash is now going back in time, you know, to mm-hmm. hang out with, I don't know, Hal Jordan back in the day or something. I don't know. There's something along those lines, though. Um, or he's going to try and stop something from happening. <clears throat> or, I don't know, like, something on a grander scale. Well, they kind of have, they're kind of touching on something like that now, where, like, Apparently, like, if he... Because they're, they're helping to... this I guess this is leading to them defying the Speed Force in a couple months. Because, like, if he hits, like, his top speed now, it rips a hole in time. And it pulls stuff in from, like, the future or the past. So now he has to, like... To keep from, like, destroying reality or whatever, he has to, like, mo- constantly... Like, he has, like, a... a gauge that monitors his speed and if he's if he gets up to like approaching a hundred percent it's going to rip time and space open so like he's kind of like it have in in uh, issue six he's fighting captain cold he's cold has him on the ropes he's trying to save like multiple cruise liners full of people and not get killed meanwhile he has to keep from going too fast while captain cold's slowing him down with like absolute zero temperatures which is causing him to, like, rack up this percentage while he's not actually moving fast enough to do anything about any of this stuff. And it's this this frantic mess of a fight that keeps building on itself and getting worse and worse for him as, like, it... Like, the death of, like, hundreds of, of innocent people and the destruction of space and time and the victory of a villain who wants to murder him are all, like, coming crashing down on him at once. Yeah, I'm not it's really interested awesome. In it's so awesome. It's better than most of the comics we've read for this show in the last six months. <laughs> you know what I'm pretty interested in, actually? What? Uh, in the uh, the back of uh, the Green Lantern issue. Um, that all-star western stuff. Yeah. The art, the art that they, they're showing in there looks amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it really does. I'm actually going to try an issue of that. Because, um, well, say they got me with marketing because they're having a uh, Court of Owls tie-in to an issue. Okay. Because you know me, I've never been big into Western stuff, but yeah, um, maybe this will get me hooked. And it's Palmiotti and Gray too. So yeah. So I mean, like I was planning on picking up the new Western series, um, you know, because they're renaming it or something and starting over with another new number one. Is that? Or is that the war book? Is it the war I, book? I think it is. I think All-Star Western is continuing. Oh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay. I, you know what I feel like is going to happen? I'm going to read this one issue, and then I'm going to love it, and then I'm going to have to go back and get their entire Jonah Hex run and this entire <laughs> series, and all the while reading it and loving it, going, I hate Westerns, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna look for issue number six now, on that one. Nice. <clears throat> cool. Uh, 
Okay. Yeah. Now, before we close up shop, okay, we should tell people about the forums. Oh. Yeah, you want to tackle that one? Yeah. Okay. So, we... Our, our old forums, as Dan constantly liked to remind everybody, were at uh, thecomicforums.com. Um, it was a big big thing run by uh, CGS, Comic Geek Speak. Um, they had this huge network kind of thing where tons of different podcasts could have their forum hosted, you know, by the same, you know, same people. Uh, they took care of all the expenses. And, like, the major benefit to the whole thing was that, you know, once you logged in, you could, you know, hop around and visit other people's forums, and uh, you're basically taking, um, it all took place, in, you know, in the same network, so everybody, you know, kind of knew each other. Um, <clears throat> and it also helped for some of the other forums that, you know, maybe normally wouldn't get that much interaction, you know, maybe somebody would spot it and be like, oh, let me check and see what they're talking about. Oh, let me listen to their podcast, stuff like that. That's how we actually got a few listeners. Yeah. Uh, or more than a few, probably. Most of them. <laughs> so, uh, what happened was, uh, there was an issue where the forums became so, so popular that, um, the CGS guys were going over their, you know, allotted data limit. And uh, the company, you know, that was, you know, doing the service providing, um, they finally realized this after a number of months, like they had been going over for a while. So they just abruptly, you know, turned the forums off and said, okay, well, you know, you'll have to go to a higher plan if, if this is something that you want to do. Um. And so that wasn't really in the budget for CGS, so they had to, you know, they had to do what was, you know, what was right, and they, you know, for them. So they started up a, a new forums. Um, and you, still at still at thecomicforums.com. Right, but because you know because of the cost, they could no longer you know host the forums for everybody else. So. I mean, you know, it stinks to not be part of the community. I mean, not that, you know, we'll still be part of the community, just not, you know, our forums. Um, the Lantern Cast temporary forum, you know, that we've had for, you know, months and actually a couple of years now, um, in, in times of the forum actually going down for, from CGS. Um, so... <sighs> We we decided you know okay well we need we need a steady forum now so let's uh, <laughs> let's let's upgrade this one so you can go to lanterncast.forumotion.com that's forum um, o t i o n so it's like a combination of forum and motion they share a common m yes <laughs> lanterncast.forumotion.com or just go to the website lanterncast.com and click on the forum button. Uh, and uh, it's very simple to register. Um, yeah, there's no lengthy wait for an approval process this time. Yeah, no, that's you know completely <laughs> been done away with. So 
you log right in and uh, start <laughs> posting. Um, yeah, a lot of our regulars have already migrated over. Not everybody, but a good a good handful. Yeah, yeah, quite a few, quite a few. I, I'm not. I guess yeah, this is probably a couple of people that haven't made the transfer yet, but they'll find yeah. us eventually. Yeah. And actually, we've gotten some new people that were never on the old forums. Like Mark Marble, he was never actually registered on the last forums. What's his name on our... Um, off the top of my head, I'm not really sure. Okay, because some people registered different names for this one than the last one, and it throws me a little bit. Yes, and part of the fun is trying to figure out who's who. <laughs> yeah. And actually, we got we got a few people popping up that we haven't talked to in a while on the old one, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's shaping up. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so yes, yeah, so we've got you know we've got the new forms. Oh, and also, um, I, I've installed also a chat room for the Lantern mm-hmm. Cast. Um, something that we're going to try out. Um, what we, you know, are going to try and do at some point is schedule kind of like a, a Lantern Cast mm-hmm. chat party. So, you know, we'll, we'll make the announcement up here. We'll make the announcement on the forums. Um, you know, so if on, I don't know, whenever we tend to decide to do it, maybe it's a Thursday night, maybe it's a Sunday night, whatever, you log on at the particular time and we all chit-chat about Green Lantern or whatever. So? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, go, go to our forums, lanterncast.com or whatever that thing is you said. <laughs> and and you know what? Still, by all means, go to thecomicforums.com and register there too. Be a part of CGS's community, though it's smaller now. Uh, you know, we still. I don't know. That's the big thing. Like I'm, I registered over there. I'm trying to post because I I tend to get out of sight, out of mind with people. And I don't want to lose touch with everybody who's still over there. Mm-hmm. So and like, I feel like like. There's going to be some people out there who think, oh, why didn't they get invited to have their forum back? Like, it's There's no bad blood between anybody in this other than possibly CGS and the providers that cut <laughs> off the service. And, Abruptly. Yeah, and deleted, like, three years of our history. But, um, but yeah, no, they still... <laughs> They still like they have like a section at the bottom that's dedicated exclusively to promoting other people's shows and everything. So they're still all about helping out the rest of the community. So go there, talk some comics with them, and go to our forum too and talk some stuff with us. Yes. Uh, was there anything else that we need to talk about? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe. Nah. Oh. What? What? Lauren and I got a package today. Okay. In the mail. Oh, good. Yay. <laughs> yes. Uh, and for this, we need to thank John Godwin and Rachel Langford. Oh, I know what this is. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's... <laughs> well, first off, a Millennium Falcon plush. Yeah. Um, which is awesome. Uh, a like a maternity shirt for Lauren that uh, it takes the Intel Inside logo and <laughs> it says Geek Inside. Yeah. Um, which is awesome. And then there are two onesies. <laughs> One, a red onesie that says Bazinga. 
<laughs> and a green onesie with the Green Lantern symbol. Oh, I, man, it was, it was so awesome. Um, and, you know, like, that that was, like, my one thought. It's like, okay, I'm going to have to get a Green Lantern onesie. <laughs> I'm going to have to get it soon. <laughs> Got to make sure that I, you know, just I'm preparing Lauren. It's like, okay, this is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and we got she, it as a gift from John and Rachel. Was she like, no way are you dressing my kid like a geek? Oh, no, she loved it. <laughs> she she especially loved the Bazinga. Well, I mean when she got it, but, like, before that, the idea of it. Oh, no, no, I, I already let her know. I let her know that's going to happen. Nice. I told her I'm going to be buying her. If it's a boy... He's getting superhero outfits. If it's a girl, she's getting superheroine outfits and also Disney princess outfits. Yes. Well, it's going to be a girl, so. Well, <laughs> either way, either way, they're definitely going to be getting dressed up. I mean, it's baby clothes. You think your wife's heart wouldn't melt as soon as she sees them? Come yeah. On. So, and she also, she loves the <laughs> the maternity shirt. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's awesome. So, thank thank you. John and Rachel. Yes. Yes. And hey, go listen to John's podcast about Young Justice. It's not Young Just Us. Just Google that. <laughs> and uh, and harass him to make more of the uh, the Geek Fight episodes. Yeah, yeah. He actually, he needs a new computer, because like, he, he was trying to record this past weekend, but it kept crashing. Oh, God. And it's like it was using like a hundred percent of the memory when he had nothing running. So, <laughs> oh god, that that means he's got a virus. Yeah. Uh, what you go like that? The Geek Fight podcast. That's like probably one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. Yeah. Well, do you watch Young Justice at all? The cartoon? <sighs> no. You really need to. I've seen like two episodes, and it's good. I just don't have a lot of enthusiasm to keep watching. Listen, I don't, what, did you see like the first two episodes or just random? Just random ones. Listen, remember what I said earlier about Rob and Thundercats? Well, no, I don't dislike it. And it's not like, oh, I saw these episodes and now I'll never watch another episode. I thought they were good. I just don't care enough to want to seek out more episodes. I'm telling you right now. I've said this on our forum at LanternCast.com. <laughs> That if this show gets the opportunity to continue a few more seasons, it will, like it will stand shoulder to shoulder with Justice League. It is, it is crazy good. Uh, okay. It's Thundercats good. <laughs> Listen, the only thing that's Thundercats good right now is Green Lantern. Listen, apparently, apparently Green Lantern is better because Green Lantern is coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and we'll <clears throat> we will talk about the cartoon at some point. We just you know we had all these other episodes that we wanted to get out first, so there's no way we're ever gonna be timely with the cartoon. So, yeah. but it's coming. It's coming. We have, we're trying to figure out in what form, but it's coming. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Okay. I think we're good. Yep. So you can contact us just on our forum at lanterncast.com. Register and come and talk to us. Uh, and I guess also email us at lanterncast at gmail.com and find us on iTunes and 
all that stuff. Leave a review. Um, we're on Twitter, LanternCast uh, at Twitter. Um, which... Our voicemail is 708Lantern. Is that right? I did from memory. Uh, I think so. Sweet. Sounds close enough. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I mean, I know the lantern is correct. Yeah, 708. Oh. Woo! Uh, and we're also on Facebook. <clears throat> yes, yes. And the, you know, the Twitter the Twitter feed actually gets updated. Yeah, yeah. By Chad and James. <clears throat> yeah, well, you know what the problem with the Facebook page is? The fact that I'm the only one that ever did anything with it. <laughs> Chad, so, no, Chad, Chad posts things occasionally. Oh, yeah, occasionally he does, yeah. Yeah, not me. You don't do anything. <laughs> no. Oh, wow. Uh, Andre Heredia. Um, I, I don't know if the S is silent or not. Posted a picture of a Green Lantern car. Is it the one that says Marvel on the side? No, it's like an actual like uh, Hot Wheels car. Oh, oh, okay. Do you remember that picture of the, the yes. actual car? with? It was all Green Lantern and it said Marvel like painted oh. right on the side. Oh, wait. Oh, God. It's a good thing that we're still recording because we can let everybody know what? that they can go to McDonald's. I think it's starting in April where you can get a Green Lantern toy, you know, at least one Green Lantern toy every week. There's like eight different Green Lantern toys for the cartoon. None of them are cars, though, so that was a weird segue. <laughs> no, but it's a Green Lantern toy, so... Yeah, yeah. Although, like, some of them are really cool, like that Kilowog with the ex- like the big construct hand, that looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Then there's the crappy mask you wear like glasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the mask. <laughs> That's kind of like the, the whammy. But there's a, a ring, it looks like it lights up. Yeah, uh, there's there's a figure of Razor, there's like three Hal Jordans. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'm definitely gonna get checked those out. Oh, and then there's there's uh the Aya ship. Yes. So you can you can fly it forwards or backwards, depending on <laughs> what what source material you like. <laughs> yeah. I mean I think I think the uh the winners from that series are gonna be uh Razor. Uh, Aya and the ring. Kilowog? I <laughs> told you my three. You didn't even see him. I did. He's better than the rest of them put together. My, my only, my only, you know, disappointment is that there's like 17 Hal Jordan figures. Yeah. Like, do you, like, can you still just like buy the Happy Meal toys from McDonald's? You do can, do that? yeah. Um, but depending on which one you go to, like, they'll all charge you, like, different prices. Sometimes you'll go to one, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, sure, you know, we'll sell that to you for a dollar. Other ones are like, it's like, oh, you know, that, oh, it's $2, it's $3. So it's like, oh, so basically I'm paying for a Happy Meal, but you're not giving me any of the food. Could I be like, hey, I want a Happy Meal, and can it come with that one? Oh, you or... can absolutely ask to see which toys they have. All right. You've done this. Oh yeah, quite often. Well, I also used to work at McDonald's back in the day. This was why, wasn't it? It was access to their Happy Meal toys. It didn't hurt. <laughs> you just, I, every job, excluding your current one that I've ever heard about, in like revolved around you having easy access to toys. <sighs> Close like, enough. I well, not not the auto barn job. You didn't work there. I worked on their website. 
You were like the manager of a toy department at Walmart or something. That was awesome. God. All right. Yeah, that was. <laughs> that was awesome. Oh, let's close on that. Yep. Okay. Good night, everybody. Good night.